Kermit the Frog was wrong. It is easy being green. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network, talking US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. On the line today, we have Northern California's second most sexiest man. From Main Event Moto and DCMX Tools, it's Dan Colvin. How are you, dude? Yo, Ozzy, Steve, let me guess, the number one most sex, sexy man in California, I'm, I would actually even say America, Producer Joe? Yeah, yeah, well, it's pretty hard to compete. You, you, know, know. you, you can't be the sexiest man when you got Joe living living in the neighborhood, hey? It's, um, I know. You know yeah, this, uh, you, cool. nobody, nobody could compete with that. Uh, I know, so, such yeah. a strapping young man. Isn't That's it crazy, it. too, how, like, Nobody has really seen Joe except for like a select number of moto heads. Yeah. 511, 5'11 seen Joe. Yeah. And that's about it, man. We that's think about it, man. That's a pretty amazing feat. We've been doing the show for like oh god, eight years now, something like that. Yeah. Longer. We're still be longer, a, I think. Yeah. It might be longer. But we still have never shown Joe's face. Yeah. I made that moto. <laughs> it's awesome. I think most people couldn't handle that level of um, handsomeness, you know. Like it, most people probably couldn't just couldn't cope with it. It'd be too I, much for them. I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah. So we're probably actually keeping people safe. Keeping totally. People safe, so. Totally. So if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, so if you, if you are watching my show and you're not watching main event, well, have a have a good look at yourself and go go and get involved with main event moto because that's uh, that's the, uh, the 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 greatest podcast in the world. So yeah, get around it. Um, so a bit about Dan. So obviously Dan is one of the uh, one of the guys that uh, that runs main event moto. If you don't already know, and um, he uh, he is also uh, has a business called DCMX Tools, which I know supplies a lot of the tools for the uh, pro teams in the pits. Do you want to just yeah, just tell us a bit about that for a start, Dan? Yeah, so uh, I own a the company, DCMX and Tools, and I'll give you a little bit of background. And I've actually really never shared this story very much. So if you want me to share it, Ozzy Steve, I'll share yeah, it. Yeah, go for your life, man. Yeah. Yep. So I was with uh, I was I was with a a large tool brand tool truck brand that I'll leave unnamed. Uh, they're worldwide, probably the number one tool truck in the world. And uh, I worked for that company for God a number of years. You know, um, well I was I was 20 years old. I just turned 40. So um, I was 20 when I started in the tool business and worked for the company for a number of years and then um, kind of got to the point where I wanted to buy my own franchise, right? And so um, I bought a truck, bought a route and I uh, was going really good. And I don't know, Steve, if, you, if you're if you familiar with uh, the camp fire. It was a big fire out here in California back in 2018 where it wiped out a whole city. No, no, okay. I'm aware that um... California um, certainly shares the bushfire problem in common with where I where I live or where I used to live um, in the high country in Victoria. So I um, I do know that California really cops it as far as that goes, but I, yeah. I don't know of, of I don't know of the specific one you're talking about though. It was a, it was a massive fire. It literally um, 
it wiped out a whole town. It was called the town of paradise. Um, yeah. it was the town name. And, um, I don't know what the population was. Um, it was fairly big, you know, it was like three days of work in the tool truck. And so there was quite a bit of customers up on the hill there. And anyhow, fire comes over the Canyon, wipes out the whole town. And there goes three days of my work. Right. Um, you know, yeah. my customers were displaced, homes burned down, shops burned down. Uh, in fact, I think I had 46 shops up there and 44 of the 46 burned to the ground. Um, yeah. so, uh, pretty devastating. So when that happened, um, obviously I was, I was, um, not working a lot and kind of started to get into, you know, more of the, the moto tools and stuff, you know, because I was trying to, trying to just survive, honestly. Right. So, yeah. um, I ended up buying another route and down in uh, Northern California, bought another route and was there for another couple of years. Things were going really good. 2020 comes around and COVID hits us. Right. And so, uh, world shuts down, all these dealerships shut down, lay off all their employees cause they have no work. And here I am again in this terrible situation. I mean, two, two events, Steve, that, I mean, probably will never could be repeated in my life anyways. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, when the COVID happened, I was like, man, I, there's so many unknowns. Right. And so I'm like, I, I gotta do something, right. I gotta do something to, to survive. So moto is my passion, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I've been riding since I was three years old. It's, it's what I do. It's what I love. And I've got a lot of connections in the industry through main event moto and in the, the tool industry as well. And so I, um, was kind of starting to do stuff, you know, like, you know, have some ideas and, uh, hadn't even set up a website yet. And so one day, uh, man, I don't even think I've ever shared this really. So one day I'm, I'm at home and I'm scrolling through Instagram and, I come upon Ryan Villapoto. Now, Ryan Villapoto, you guys can't see uh, in front of me, but I've got a jersey and a Villapoto poster. Like, he was, he's my guy. Like, I just, I'm a Villapoto fan through through everything. And so I scroll through his, scroll through Instagram. I see that he puts a post up and he's like, hey, I'm looking for a toolbox for my van. And so I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I, I could, I could get him a toolbox, you know? And so I reached out to him on Instagram and I'm like, Hey Ryan, you know, my name's Dan. I'm with DCMX tools. Um, I could, I can get you a box. And he responded back and you know how it is, Steve, like it's, he's one of my heroes, you know, and he responds yeah. back and I'm like, Holy shit. Ryan Villapoto responded back to me. Next thing you know, he's like, give me a call. Here's my phone number. I'd like to talk. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> Right. And I don't get starstruck, like I said, very often. So anyhow, uh, we, we, we talk and he's like, I want a toolbox and I want all the foam cutouts and I want it full of tools. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I can get you a tool list of all the stuff that I need from big B. He's the, the Cowie driver, um, of the, of the rig. Yeah, yeah. And so, so big B, he's the one that does all the foam and all the tools and stuff for the hauler for factory Cowie. He's like, so I'll, let me get you a, a tool list of everything I need. So he did. And I took that tool list and I put it in a, in a chest and with all this, this custom foam cutouts with all the moto specific tools that he was looking for. And so I got that done and 
he's like, hey, man, he's like, have you have you ever thought about like doing these for the public? These are really cool. And I'm like, no, I actually haven't really thought about doing this specific thing. And he said, I think you should, you know, and so I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. So he kind of pushed me and inspired me to do what I'm doing today, um, which is it's kind of cool. So I started out with these smaller little boxes with foam cutouts and the tools and um, I was selling them and um, I got a call from my franchisor at the time and said that, um, what are you doing? Why are you selling these things? You're, you're selling these boxes to people outside of your quote unquote territory, right? And I'm like, listen, I'm just I'm trying to survive here. You know, we have COVID. I've got I've got a young kid. And they're like, nope, you're done. And so they said, you can't sell your boxes anymore. So I'm like, well, that's really unfortunate. I think I have a good thing going here, right? So uh, I thought about it. I, I went home. I thought about it. And I'm like, man, I was like, that's that's that sucks, you know. And I'm like, with the connections that I have in the industry and the knowledge i have in tools and an avid moto guy think of how many think of how many customers i i have worldwide that i could sell to you know fuck this route fuck my territory like <laughs> i have the whole world at my fingertips so i i quit i i, I turned in my franchise and i said I'm, I'm i'm done i'm out and i um I started DCMX and Tools, which was my LLC name. Even when I had my franchise, I kept my LLC name and fired up a website, started building these moto boxes again. Now I've got several different variations and, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of specialty uh, motocross tools. We have a lot of motion pro stuff. I've got some of my own branded stuff, some really cool 3D printed stuff. And it's just it's it's just kind of grown, man. It's the wildest thing ever. I never in a million years thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today. It's crazy. I love that story, man. I love it. I love it, and I connect with it more than more than you can imagine, to be honest. So, um, yeah, that's um, that's really really cool. You know, like I I say um, repeatedly on this show that. Uh, I'm here for stories. I love stories and not moto stories and just people stories. And that's a, yeah, that's a good one, man. That, that really comes back to, uh, and like I said, I, I can relate. Um, and, um, that comes back to, um, you know, I really believe, uh, things happen for a reason, you know, and I think they do. some of that, some of that hardship you had led you to the, to the opportunity, you know? So, yeah. It was, it was one of those things, man. It's like, you know, being a business owner, you, you, everything is up to you, man. Your destiny is, is up to you. Um, yeah. if you, I was to the point where I didn't want to rely on anybody. Like I wanted to rely on myself and my knowledge and not have to answer to somebody. And, and honestly, that was the reason I did it. It was just, it was, it was freedom. And mm. it, dude, it was the best move. It's the best move I've ever made in my life. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I was actually talking to one of my best friends about this a while back. Who, he he owns a small business, as, as I do, that um, the type of people we are, you know, when you're someone who's, you know, not to try, not to try and sound cool or tough or anything, but when you're someone that's a bit of an alpha, you know, 
um, and you you uh, don't like being told what to do, and you you that sort of person needs the freedom of their own business. I think you know you need yeah. that freedom of, of that to be like I'm in charge. I'm doing things exactly how I want to do them, and if I make a mistake, it's my fault. If I do well, it's my fault. So you know, I think it um, takes a certain sort of person to want to do that. But I think if you are that person, you have to do it. Otherwise, you go crazy working for someone else. Yeah. It's pretty cool too, you know, because I've actually done it the way that I've I've wanted to do it, and I've I've um, I've learned a little bit, right? Because our industry is a very unique industry. It's um, it's what can you do for me today, right? They, yeah. it's I, I've got teams that hit me up nonstop. I've got riders that hit me up nonstop, mechanics and and whatnot, and you know they always want something. And I, I fell for the trap when I first started this, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll hook you up, like, you know, I'll do free stuff. I'll, you know, invest $10,000 of my own money in tools that I have to buy, right? It's, it's mm. my money, I have to buy it, yeah. and I'm going to give it to you, right? And, and you expect something in return. And so um, I will tell you, I, I have not had any luck getting anything in return from anybody in this industry as far as sponsorships go. And um, it's, you know, I, I just don't do it anymore, Steve. Like I, yeah. I, I, I factory teams hit me up every single year that, you know, they want stuff, but yet they can't ever tell me what they're going to do for me. It's yeah. just want, 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 want. And uh, the privateers are, are, are the worst. Right. And, and oh, it's really, really and you'll even say like, "Hey, um, you know, so and so, I'd love to help you out. What, how can you help me grow my business?" And you never hear from them ever again. Yeah, it's because they just want everything. It's like this weird mentality of that you owe them something. And I'll tell you, there's one guy, um, Logan Carnow. He hit me up, and um, I'd already made this decision that I'm not, I'm not helping guys. I'm not giving free stuff out, right? Yeah, and um, he hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, um, I, I need some tools. Um, let me know what you're willing to do. I'd love to work something out with you." And so I said, "Okay, well, you know, tell me how you can help me." And so he reached back out, and he said, "This, I'll do this, 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 and this, and I'll promote you on this, 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 and this." And oh, by the way, I don't want a free box. Can you just give me a deal on it? And I'm like, "Hell yeah, absolutely." But that's mm. the only guy, dude, that that has reached out and actually, you know, offered to help me grow my business. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a weird group. I mean, it, I get more Steve out of just helping moto dads and families at the track. You know, making them a good deal on on a toolbox and and some tools, in hopes they'll go tell their other moto dad, you know, buddy that, hey, I bought some tools from Dan. And honestly, for me, that 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 has helped me grow more than anything, as far as sponsorship and taking care of these riders, because it just doesn't pay back. Mm. Yeah. So you've tried to get privateers to, you know, run your stickers, run your stickers, run, you know, all that sort of do all that sort of stuff for you in, in return for a deal or free stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but in reality, Steve, it's it's. Um, 
just because somebody sees a sticker on a bike yeah. or a helmet, I don't, that just doesn't pay off. It doesn't. Just doesn't I got, don't imagine it would. So I guess like, um, what, like an Instagram collaborations, that sort of thing would sort of yeah. pay off for you more. Yeah. Much, yeah. That's social media. Anything that they're willing to do on social media is, is the way to go these days. I mean, that's social media, unfortunately rules the mm. world. Right. And so that's typically how I gear like a sponsorship deal towards is hey yeah. you know, promote me on social media which is actually so easy for a privateer guy to do like really easy like they're out there filming you know insta bangers and filming stuff anyway like well you know the good ones are how easy is it for him to rock do a vid riding off the truck um you know skid, skidding up to their van jumping off opening your toolbox and grabbing out a t-handle and just like oh, I got the video playing in my head right now, how easy it would be for him to make that and and share that all. It's like ten minutes work, you know. It's um, not rocket science. All yeah, it is yeah. is a little bit of effort, and yeah. it's and it's um, it's really it's the mindset. It's the mindset yeah. of of helping somebody and and helping somebody grow with the sponsorship that that they're giving you. And yeah, I'm I'm telling you, man, these guys got to get out of that mindset. Yeah, well, it, for it makes a lot of sense now that I'm just just thinking about it. Like, if you think about the way Carno Carnell went about getting the OnlyFans sponsorship when he got shafted, you know, what's that like two and a half years ago now? Um, that shows he has a um, a mindset for marketing in, in in within, you know. Yeah. Whereas I guess a lot of these. Um, you know, the dads are focused on the kid, the kids focused on the riding and getting faster, and they don't have that marketing mind, I guess, to they probably yeah. don't even think about what they can do for you. You know, it wouldn't even be registering, I guess, for a lot of these guys, you know. Um, but you know, you certainly see, you know, that's that's the the Carnow's ability to do what he did is the only reason he's still around. He's, he'd be working as a carpenter or something if he didn't have that mindset right now because yep. he was he was screwed, you know. Well, just um, think about it that you know when he when he had nothing, right? He before he even got his OnlyFans sponsorship, he went out and partnered with some OnlyFans models. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Individual that's, girls, that that's right. Yeah, that was that's the, the start. never yeah. been done in our sport. I mean, how out of the box is that? Yeah, right. But it was so easy picking. Yeah, he ended up having multiple women that wanted to help sponsor, him. and they still, they still sponsor him to this day, along yeah. with OnlyFans, which I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Very interesting to hear hear about that sort of thing. I reckon. Yeah, very interesting. Sheds a bit of light on um, bit of light on the industry, and um, a lot of light on you, man. When you got out of the um, the franchise, was that? Um, was that fairly straightforward or did they sort of try and shaft you on the way out and that sort of thing? I'm, I'm asking because I've got, I've got experience at getting shafted by a franchise. So yeah, just wondering about that. You don't have to say if you don't want to, it doesn't matter. I, I would rather not. Um, yeah, that's all right. It, it's a great company. It, uh, it's just like anything, right? It's a great company. A um, lot of great people there. Yeah there's just a few bad apples. Right. And it's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's everywhere, you know, and, and un, it's unfortunate, but, um, but yeah. yeah, no great company, great tools. I still believe to this day that they have the best tools in the world. 
yeah. you know um we use tecton on in our in our toolboxes which was uh, i'll be honest you know i went from selling the best tools in the world and i and i just told you i still believe that they're the best tools in the world yeah if you're a professional technician right most of our most of our guys that are motor motorcycle mechanics right are the majority of us are you know do it yourselfers you know we work on our own stuff type mm. thing right so going from selling the tool brand that i did to finding something else was extremely challenging right because there's yeah. uh, i had a standard right and my standard yeah. was the best so um i went through three or four different tool brands trying to figure out what was going to meet my satisfaction you know my, my satisfactory mm. of a of, of quality right yeah you're but putting also, your name to it yeah yeah putting my name to it but also meeting the price point where an average consumer can swallow right because mm. the brand i was selling before is the most expensive tool brand in the world and it's it, for the average joe it just didn't make sense right so i ended up finding tecton um they're a great company they're they're here in the united states they're in michigan a lot of their products are made in the united states which was very important to me um, yep. trying to keep as many dollars on home soil as, as possible um you know because you can get a lot of chinese junk and and quite honestly yeah, lots of it yeah it's um it's just not good and it's not something no, it's that i not. that i'm could put my name on so mm. still there's there's several other box companies out there that you know do something similar to what what i do um but i i pride myself in the quality of, of the tools and um yeah. we, we're meeting those quality standards for myself all my customers i haven't had any issues um and it's just it's a great product yeah were you always interested in tools like when you before you worked for a tool company was, was that like an interest did you sort of love getting in the garage and tinkering and using tools oh yeah funny story um i i, I was really big into like quad racing <laughs> as funny as that sounds yeah, yeah, like yeah. uh drag quads we just did, like do drag racing in the dunes oh like, yeah yeah. 250rs and banshees and stuff like that and i would build them from the ground up we had some just gnarly drag machines um back yeah. in the day but yeah i mean i started uh i raced bmx when i was young i've always kind of ridden dirt bikes but i raced bmx always used to build my own bicycles i had to go buy the frame from the shop and the cranks and everything and just build everything myself um i don't know if you know what a go-ped is you know what a go-ped is steve no not, it's the, no. like it's like a skateboard looking thing with a weed whacker motor on the back and it's got the little pole with the handlebars oh, yeah okay yeah i've seen people like i don't know that by that name but i've seen a lot of like custom builds and that yeah sort of thing. I, I so that was yeah. that was my first job ever i was a go-ped mechanic at a at a shop and that's what i did as i just did repairs on those things so i was a small yeah. engine wizard um and then it just kind of it kind of grew i was always into tools and i always liked to you know, when you go like to like the NASCAR races and stuff, you go to like some of these car races and you see their their pit wagons opened up with all the mm. tools and that just always really interested me. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you ever seen um, one thing that you get at, um, especially at like a big Aussie motorsport event, you'll get people they'll have like, like that go ped, but it will actually be a um, a cooler like what we call them an esky it'll actually be a cooler on wheels with a motor and, a, and oh, yeah. a seat on top of it so they'll ride around the, on that 
and they pull up and they got the drinks underneath and all that sort of thing yeah you get some um, badass at our at our v8 supercar events you get some really cool ones like they'll go to crazy they'll they'll paint paint it in the um like their favorite car like favorite driver's car you'll get like this red bull thing or this shell thing or whatever and all that sort of <laughs> thing and they'll be buzzing it awesome. it is it i love stuff like that love it super um super cool yeah yeah the um did you um did you sort of what were you like when you when you were working on those things you were using your dad's tools and losing his 10 mil socket and all that sort of usual stuff I feel so bad for my dad because <laughs> he never had tools like he um, uh, because I had them all. I, I, I had all of his tools. I would yeah. lose them, of course. I'd, you know, take them to the track or the dunes and, you yeah. know, they're they're gone. And um, it, it's kind of it, uh, it's kind of sad. But one, my, my you know, my dad's older. He's in his mid 60s now. Um, not the not the healthiest man in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, but by the time I was old enough where I could afford to buy my dad, you know, his own tools and kind of replace the stuff that I lost all, you back, know, yeah. all the years, uh, he just wasn't in the shape to use them, you know? So that, yeah. that was kind of crappy, but I did pay him back. He does have a nice tool set, so yeah. he just doesn't use them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, Oh, it's funny because now I'm, uh, come from being a mechanic when I was older, I um I was learned or forced to become a very very tidy and very neat so I'm like I'm pedantic with that sort of stuff now you know like I'm yeah. like you know I'm crazy with my tools are old but everything's got to be you know everything's got to be neat and perfect and I can't walk out of the shed like or garage as you guys would say or shop I can't walk out of there at the end of the day without everything being clean no chance you know that's what I'm like but when I was That's a kid, I, I was the worst of the worst. I was I was unbelievably bad. Like, you know, like, oh my God. But like my dad's dad's sort of way of teaching was just you just figure it out as far as mechanical stuff. He would let me fuck things up and then he would rescue me, you know. But it was yeah. like a, it was just like, it's your bike, you fix it, you know. And then um when I butchered something beyond repair he'd come in and you know and uh so i i was just self-taught butcher all that sort of thing and losing tools and tools rolling around on the floor and you know just um just so and it, but um what he did was um i think it was for my 12th birthday he took me down to the uh it was actually an auto parts shop plus tools shop plus sort of anything to do with anything with wheels was this little shop in town small town and um they had this big um tool chest and it was like yeah, about twelve hundred dollars at the time and this is like when i'm 10 so it was a you know, big big deal and he said that your next two birthdays and the next two christmases and that's yours and i was like right i bring it home so that was yeah that, that was it you know and uh i still have that and nearly all the tools you know really um, yeah yeah today plus a lot of That's other awesome. stuff but yeah it was a king king chrome tool chest king chrome was sort of pretty new at that stage like um before then everything in australia was sid chrome before that which sid chrome might even have been an australian brand i think 
the region. Is that maybe like the craftsman of Australia? Um, not sure. King Chrome is like a um, a quality trade level brand, but not okay. a premium, not a premium brand. You know. Yeah. That, so that would be like a craftsman. That that would be yeah. equivalent to what craftsman is here in the United States. Yeah. So like when I was a car mechanic, um, pay, you know, all the guys because we would supply our own toolkits. Most of the guys would have Sid Chrome or King Chrome stuff. I think King Chrome's Japanese, and I think Sid Chrome was Australian, but I think it's, yeah, I don't know. There's, I think, like most good Aussie companies, they're probably Chinese now. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, um, the, the real premium brands would come around in trucks like you had, and some of the mechanics, usually the mechanics who didn't have a wife and kids would be buying their stuff. And yeah. I'd be still buying the King Chrome stuff, you know, because I, <laughs> I couldn't afford it. But because um, yeah, I was a car mechanic for, oh, I forget, uh, quite a few years, and really, just, I didn't know that. Just boring dealership stuff, man, that yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of, and which, and I, I, I hated it. You know, I hated it. it. Was not what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in a in a cool mechanic environment. You know, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm trade qualified and all that sort of stuff to do that dealer but. the dealerships for me were always the worst because it's uh for one there's a lot of prima donnas and dealerships you know they just they oh, i work for ford you know or i work for chevrolet it's like okay yeah. cool you know but it's you know it's like uh, if you're a honda tech you know if you work at a honda dealership you need a 10 12 and 14 that's pretty yeah. much all you need uh yeah. you don't need much tools so like the um the, there wasn't a lot of a lot of variety to sell these guys right unless yeah. they were doing side work and stuff at home but yeah yeah they're just their needs are very limited uh, you go to like some of these mom and pop shops where they work on everything those were your gold mines yeah and probably that's where yeah a guy's got his own business and he's actually able to earn some money because like when when i um when i got out of doing mechanicing so i was a like a five-year qualified guy um working on um not premium brands but some pretty good brand cars honda being one of them so i know hondas were great to work on honda cars oh man yeah like, yeah. yeah need about four tools and, and everything's yep. easy and that's is the fantastic best car to work on but um you know and i went from that to a job um pretty much literally stacking timber stacking lumber as as you guys would call it and I was earning more. So, wow! So you know, yeah, the auto automotive pay back in the uh, back in those days was terrible. I think it's better now, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I tried to get into a motor, um, a, a big motorbike shop that did uh, supported a lot of racing guys and all that. I tried, but yeah, it was that sort of scene was very much, um, you know, who you know, not what you yeah. know. Um, it's tough. That That's of, how it is here too. Same, yeah, same yeah. thing. Like a know. lot of things, yeah. But, um, but yeah, always sort of, yeah, worked on my own, um, my own stuff. And yeah, I, I love it. Like, man, like a, a holiday for me, like the best holiday I could imagine is if I could, um, like, uh, turn everything electrical off except for Spotify, cause I've got to have music going and lock myself in the shed for like two weeks and just tinker and just work on my bikes and my vintage bikes and just listen to music 
have a couple of beers at night and just work on my bikes in the shed that's like i'd rather that than going to hawaii you know <laughs> like, yeah. but i never get a chance to do this i might get a couple of days here and there on a long weekend if i'm lucky you know because i'm just yeah dads are busy hey as you know as you oh, well yeah, know man. Dad, oh yeah man dads are busy yeah and running your own business and all that but you know we um we wouldn't have it any other way though hey man no no it's it's uh that that's that's the life right there man that's the life yeah yeah that's the thing about working for yourself man you know like i i um i can't uh have a huge holiday you know i can have sort of a week you know or a bit over a week i can get away with that because my business stops when i'm not there yep but if i want a half a day off a day off to do something cool anytime I want, I can do it. So, you know, the flexibility yeah. is nice. The flexibility sure. is amazing. Yep. You know, the flexibility is amazing. Yeah. Especially when you like going to do uh, dirt bike stuff, you know, I need a oh, Friday, right. I need a Monday, you know, that sort of thing. You can go and do it. Like I've even um, at one stage, you know, I try and do like a race a year and I will, um, I'll train a bit leading up to it. I keep pretty fit all the time, but I'll like ride, just ride a bit more. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take a Wednesday off and go riding because I've got a race coming up, you know, and I just want to be a little bit, a little, I don't be quite as slow as usual, you know. So you get that <laughs> flexibility and you've got the, uh, your own business there. Cool. We might yeah. turn, um, head, uh, start talk a little bit about season 24, man. It's been good, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, what do we know, man? We know a little bit now. Like, after like three rounds, we knew nothing. We know a little bit now, hey, like, um, you know, who who do you reckon, who's your contenders? Who, who, are you, who are your contenders right now? Man, I, I uh, Jet's got to be at the top of the list yeah. for me. Um, yeah. He really, he really is still, even though it's yeah. struggling with his me. dad. But yeah, um, I would say him. I would say, I would say Cooper Webb. Yeah, I agree, um, yeah. I think once we get to these east tracks that cooper will shine on some of those yeah. east tracks where things are a little bit tighter yeah. um and man I, i'm still feeling kind of jason anderson maybe i i don't know i, I mean, mean yeah he uh I, of course you know i'm gonna say it because he's a cowie guy but yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i really like where he's at right now he's a little bit down in the points but he's he's riding fantastic and yeah the eye test is great isn't it? yeah the eye test is great he's got the speed there mm. um i would honestly say probably those three now with that yeah. being said i hate i hate putting jay sexton down as the defending champ but yeah. you know he's um he's had a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough go but i mean he's right there in points uh i know he's got a little in, a little injury right now from a practice crash yeah um so he could make things interesting interesting for sure um mm. i think as time goes on once they get that motorcycle figured out for him uh he'll be better off but the one that's disappointing is is tomac man i i just yeah. it's uh i don't think this is what we all expected i think deep down in our hearts we thought that tomac was going to come out guns a blazing and really pick up pick up where he left off from last year but it just hasn't happened yet yeah, it's I'm like I'm really sad. Like I'm oh, that's my emotion about it is I'm sad. I'm sad that we might not see 
Pete Tomac again. You know, like oh, I don't want that to be the case. I don't, yeah. I don't care if he doesn't win the championship. I'd love him to. I don't. I'm okay with that. But I, I want to see. I want to see Beast Mode. I want to see Pete Tomac again. Like, you know, my my. You know, some people get really um, excited about how um, how a guy like Jet or Chase rides that perfectness. Whereas I've always loved a rider that's a bit of a bulldog. I like the tough guy, the bulldog that's manhandling his bike. It's just a fucking animal out there, you know, yep. <laughs> which is Tomac epitomizes that, you know, and you can yep. go back, you can go back, you know, Rick Johnson, Mark Barnett, these sort of guys that were just strong and just could, you know, uh, Mike LaRocco, you know, like these oh, yeah. guys. Um, that's that's what I love. I, I'm not, not sure why. It's just, you know, um, I really appreciate um those guys and they're usually probably guys that have had to really really work hard i think is probably the reason why i like it so much because i really value that yeah not that the super talented perfect guys don't work hard but the guys that don't maybe have that perfect level of skill they have to compensate it with that just that hard yeah. work well it's more noticeable um, right they, mm. their riding style is completely different and it's 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 just more noticeable when you watch yeah. jet ride right it looks like he's not even going anywhere he makes it yeah. look so easy yeah um but yeah i see what you're saying it it's a bummer man i mean eli is mm. an all-timer it's just it's it's an he's an all-timer and he is, un yeah. unfortunately he's just dude he's, he's he's coming in back into this class off of an injury with the freak yeah. at Lawrence. I mean, that's, yeah. it's, that's what's unfortunate. And, uh, even Eli peak, Eli Tomac, I, yeah. I think would have his hands full of jet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and every year things get a bit faster and a bit better too. You know, it just, it just, things just keep getting a little better, you know? Um, I think, I think him having a family honestly has a little bit something to do with it. Um, it would for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think about it, Steve, like when I, or when you had kids, I had kid, you know, my, my daughter, just things change, man. Your yeah, mindset changes. And I can't imagine, I only have one. So, but, you know, I think he's what, got three now. Three now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got a small family and you've got mouths to feed. And mm. that's got to be in the back of your mind, right? When you're out there risking your health and your life every Saturday yeah. night, you yeah. know, you want to make sure that you, that you are there Sunday morning to wake up with your kids. So yeah, I would think that that certainly has to play some role. I think it has riders. to, even if it's not a conscious thought, like sub subconsciously, you know, you know, when that little one arrives, your world's not all about you anymore. Right. Everything changes, you know, and you, yep. you can't explain that unless you are a parent, but yeah. Um, you know, or a good parent, because there's unfortunately there's some assholes that don't feel like that who aren't yeah. a good parent. But uh, but for a good parent, which most are, yeah, you um, everything changes. You know, so you have to do um, do lots of things different. You know, and but if you like, think about it, you look like a guy like Justin Barsha. Same thing, yeah. right? It seems like mm. when when all of these guys are starting to have families. Something changes. Even even Jason Anderson. You yeah, know, well, Jason uh, last, even said last it. Year. He even yeah. said it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um I don't know, man. I 
Got Aaron Plessinger though. He's got a family and he's just absolutely yeah. sending it. So maybe yeah, maybe there's know. nothing to that, but I don't know. Yeah, I think there is though. I think AP's a different story though. I think he's um I think he's just maybe finally found himself in a good place on that four fifty. I think that's just taking him a while to get to that good place, you know. Yeah, he's um, never been at he's never been at the top, right? I would not really AP no. at the top right now. Like he's he's yeah. he's one of the he's guys. One of the guys. He's had the red yes. plate for two rounds. Yeah. He's never been there. Eli Tomac has been there yeah. multiple years. I mean, pretty much his whole career, right? So yeah. um I just think something changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it um it's a sad one, man. But yeah, look, I agree. Uh, I agree with Webby and Jet. I, I do put Chase in that mix. Um, obviously, we don't really know what's the injury, real the real details of the injury, so that might play a part. But if that's not too bad, I, I definitely put him in. And, yeah, so that's sort of my three. But then again, I, but I, I'm not writing off Jason either uh, because he um, he has the speed and, um, you know, so, there, you know, maybe a four. But, yeah, I, I, but I'm very, yeah, definitely sad concerned about um about Eli you know and we'll know the next two rounds as as you know everyone's been saying the next two rounds is going to really show where Eli's at Daytona Daytona yeah. for me is the uh that's yeah. that's the tell-all if, yeah. if if Eli comes out and wins Daytona I'll be like okay yeah Eli's I mean Ricky always said right the championship starts at Daytona yeah, yeah. so he could he could still somehow some way maybe find a way to get this thing done right yeah um but if eli goes out and gets listen if eli's off the podium i think yeah. that's going to tell us that's that, going to tell us all we need yeah right yeah 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 i think i think at daytona with how dominant he's been there it's either got to be a win or a fight fighting for the win you know, yeah, like it, say, say if he was fighting jet for the win and jet beat him like that would i would still be like yes he, we still got Eli, but if he's like a distant third and even still gets a podium, but it's like a distant third, then I'm yep. like, okay, this is where we're at. You know, it's a farewell tour, and and he's awesome, and we love him, and that's where it's at. You know, yep. so, um, yeah, 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 awesome. Like, um, what's your what's your favorite Eli moment? I've got I've got two. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not sort of talking about clinching a championship or whatever, but just some, just some wicked, just insane on track things. I mean, the one that comes to mind is Tomac at Hangtown when he beat the field by a minute and a half. I mean, that was absolutely. I was there that day, and yeah. dude, it was it was mind blowing. It was like <laughs> it was you yeah. could feel the ground move when he went by. I mean, he yeah. was going that fast. Um, yeah, I would have to say that that's probably my standout Eli Tomac moment but yeah um one one thing that I that I I feel terrible for Eli is probably one of his most memorable moments for sure is winning that that for that his first 450 title in Salt Lake City during COVID yeah. yeah just think of Steve you know that that's your that's your lifelong dream right yeah. is to be a 450 Supercross champion and you have to win a championship at that time under those yeah. conditions with so just, you know, got to wear your stupid mask and you got to, 
you know, six feet from everybody. You can't take team pictures because there's social distancing and, you know, the stadium is empty. Mm. I mean, can you imagine what the energy was like in that place? I mean, there was, there was none. Um, yeah. He got ripped off. So glad that he got another one because he got ripped me off. Me too. I, I'm glad that he so got another off. one where he could really see what winning a championship feels like because I, I feel like he kind of got robbed on that one. Mm. He did, man. Yeah. My favorite Eli ones. So there's two. There's there's the um, the da- wheeling through the Daytona whoops on the Geico bike. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's 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 probably podiums for my favorite moto thing of all time. It'd be in the mix, you know. That was just, sick. And then another one which was really brief, but I'm sure you remember it. Um, it might have been one of the last times we saw real peak beast mode. Uh, it was High Point, would have been High Point last year in the Cowie. So High Point, what would that be, 2020, 2021? It was the year they brought back the signboard turn. That and would have been... Uh, 21, I think. 21, I think. Yeah. And he's in beast mode. And the, the way he came around that signboard corner, the corner speed around that was just fucking obscene. It was filthy. And I still yeah. just remember it. Like, it was just like, it just wasn't right. Like, he must have had a string attached to him, you know. Like, there's just no possible way to still have traction at that pace. He was he was pulling that corner. And, yeah, that's when i got to go back and watch always. So. I don't know. The the, the that. year that he won his nations with Chase, yeah. um, that was, and, and Justin Cooper, uh, watching him, you know, drink the beers with his goggles mm. on, just you know, revving the bike and, the, yeah. and that that was pretty cool to see. Also, he's going to loosen up a lot, isn't he? I oh think yeah. He's a right, I think he's a he's going to be a bit like RV. I think he's going to loosen right up. Yeah. When he hangs up the boots. Yeah. He's he's a he's a he's a weird one though. Anytime that I've ever talked to him, he's um, he is very like he puts on a show. Like yeah. when he's in front of the camera or he's talking to you, like doing an interview, he's, he's, it's like a show when he, when the camera is off, um, he's a completely, he's kind of a, kind of a, I hate saying this dude, but he's kind of a jerk. Like I interviewed him in uh, Anaheim yeah. last, not this year, but the year before. And uh, he, after I got done with the interview, I turned the camera off and I'm like, Hey, th- thanks Eli. I really appreciate your time. And didn't even say thank you. Fuck you. N- nothing. Yeah. Just turned around and walked mm. away. I'm like, that was kind of weird, you know? Yeah. I think, but, yeah, I think, um, you know, like I, I haven't met personally met any of the, um, you know, the AMA guys, but I've met, you know, top Aussie guys and I've met, you know, top, um, about supercar drivers as well and that sort of thing and you know um yeah i think a lot of them um when it's when it's business time and they mean business they are a bit of a jerk it's they go into that mode it's just like the super self self-absorbed thing that and i think that's just kind of where they need to be in those moments you know yeah They're just like no no restrict no distractions even if those distractions are having fucking manners you know <laughs> like i think that's just where they've got to go at um it sucks because, like, you know, Villapoto was my guy, right? He's, he's yeah. just always been my guy. Him and Ricky Johnson was my was my – Ricky Johnson, Jeff Ward, Ryan Villapoto. Those are, like, 
those are like my idols of moto yeah yeah but i love eli you know because when eli yeah. even on a honda i just I, I loved his riding style yeah and when he got on a cowie i was like hell yeah and then um you know when when tomac and ac were on the same team at cowie that was like my dream team right and I, you know yeah. i'm ac is like ac's always been my guy i, I should have thrown ac in the mix yeah. with ricky johnson and those guys too but because he's always been my guy but even ac like it it's uh you know that saying steve you never meet your heroes like, yeah i get that it's true though like you know because like i i the when i did an interview with ac i pissed him off and uh and then i felt really bad about it because i asked him about the ayahuasca thing yeah like not not details just like just in past like not I basically just said, Hey, you know, I, I know you went and did the ayahuasca thing, you know, did it, did it clear your head? And he said, I asked him too much of a personal question and kind of got like pissy with me. And mm. I, I, I felt really bad about it. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's just on him and his own personal situation at the time. You know, that, yeah, yeah. He had an open nerve. It wasn't. It wasn't because yeah. of anything you did. It just no. he, he's had. Open no, nerve. he gave me. He gave me a jersey after that. Yeah, so yeah. I think. I think yeah, we're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, like I um, I uh, I have people that are sort of my uh, my heroes and that sort of thing, um, but then I also have people who I would love to um, love to have on this show to talk to, and they're two different lists because some of my all time heroes and that sort of thing, um they aren't necessarily the people that i would like to uh have a conversation with you know i'd like to get a yeah. photo with them or a jersey but you know like it's it's quite a different different list of people it's more like who would i just love to talk to you know it is a it is a different thing and, and most of them are like yeah really friendly people because you know that i like i'm a friendly person i like friendly people but i still have some heroes on track heroes that aren't probably the friendliest people you know that I'll, who's I'll your them. on who's your on track heroes steve rick johnson is is it like uh, yeah. for me um and um from a uh from a kid absolutely rick johnson um then it's sort of um uh mc after that so they're sort of the two um for sure and um oh sort of i i at the moment, I try not to claim anybody because every single person I say is my favorite rider gets injured. So I'm not <laughs> even going to say. But so, like, um, here's here's the people that I've said of uh, are my guy over you know the last sort of ten years. Uh, AC, uh, J Mart. Um, who else? Like, it's just like it's like a list. Uh, Kenny. It's like a list of people that just get getting like career <laughs> injuries. So I'm not, I'm not saying who's my favorite guy anymore. You know, and I, like, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. Like, um, you know, but I honestly just, I just, I really just like everyone. You know, yeah. Uh, my my favorite guys that are out there at the moment. You know, just I like AP. Everyone loves AP. Um, Everybody. Still, I still love AC. Um, yeah, I still love J-Mart. So why, why J-Mart is because um, the very first time I was able to get bootlegs of the Nationals 
was the year his first year winning on the 250. Oh, is um, that right? Yeah, yeah, which was I think 14, 13 or 14. Yeah. 14, I think. Um, and because previous to that, we couldn't watch um current nationals at all. And that was still bootleg versions. It's only like three years or something that we've actually been able to get properly wow. a package to watch the nationals without having to get a dodgy stream from I had this dodgy guy from um this dodgy South American guy that used to stream it. <laughs> and every, every every year I'd have to find him again because he yeah. cha kept changing his name. But he did a good job at doing yeah, because he'd get shut down. So he'd keep changing the name and all that sort of thing. And and you but you you wouldn't get much of the broadcast. You'd just get like just the motos. You'd get the four motos and then and then it'd disappear within a couple of days, you know? Yeah. Um and that was um J Mart dominating. And I just love the way he went about it. Such a good kid and just dominating and all that sort of thing. So I, I really um liked him. But um, you know, and at at that stage yeah, the 250 class was wicked as well, you know, with Coop and Zach and like, yeah. you know, it was, and AC, like the AC was coming up there with the 250 class was really, really, really young. Uh, that cool. was an exciting 250 class, man. That yeah, was, yeah. those yeah. were, those were good 250 days. I, I feel like we have a pretty good 250 class now though. It is. Yeah. This year, this year's nationals are going to be wicked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think because it's open too, because the because the lances are gone, yeah, um, it's it's going to be really good. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Once you get all those gone, and it, like the shootouts are going to be good. We're not allowed to say shootout now. Fuck it, I'm saying shootout anyway. What, yeah, what's, shootout. what's the new term? The new uh, it's showdown. always going to be a shootout to me. Yeah, showdown. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the game, man. That's the go. Hey, um, couple of things, man. Um, about the the twenty four season, it's funny. Um, the uh, both Beta's first main event appearance and Triumph's first main event appearance were both overshadowed by other big events. You know, it's oh like yeah, Beta's was um was overshadowed doubly. They weren't even the second biggest story because that was AP's win and and the, the helmet shake incident. <laughs> so that was when Benny first put the beater in the main. So it was like didn't even make this didn't even make a story anywhere. You know, it was just yeah. like forgotten. And then um, triumphs was um, was uh, when now um, Wackers had his uh, his tackle out. So it was just like the biggest story of the year. So Triumph right. missed out on all the headlines there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would have I would have liked to seen those. And I'm I'm curious to see how this Ducati launch is going to be, right? But yeah, I would have thought that Beta and Triumph would have had like a well for one like Triumph's two fifty two fifty only, right? Yeah. But I and not not to not to not to knock Jalik Swole at all. He's a great kid, yeah. great rider, but he's just not a championship guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I don't see him fighting for a title. Yeah. And I would think as a new manufacturer coming into the sport, yeah, that would be your highest priority, right? As, as a, yeah. for an investment, is trying to get a guy that can put that bike up front. Yeah. And and neither get, one of them yeah. did that. Yeah. I suppose the only the only counter to that is that then then there's a weight of expectation on the brand. I guess is the only the only thing 
you know, like if Jalik gets a podium, everyone's like, fuck yeah, that that's it, man. Great job, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of that, you know, he was six. So I sort of see him, yeah, I see him as a, a podium threat on his best day um to to seven sort of three to seven i guess yeah, yeah. four to seven guy might might get a podium um but if he can do that all year people will be like good first year for triumph but i think if they had if they had um not that they would get him but say they got faulkner and faulkner got fourth people would be like yeah you know yeah is that the bike he would have won on a pc you know so, yeah but I, I do get what you mean though no, yeah marketing wise marketing wise um the the big name i know I think we'll see i think we'll see ducati get somebody big um i think we're gonna get a big top name guy that can win a championship you know that's just my prediction something was said well you know i listen to so many podcasts i can't remember who said it it, it wasn't it wasn't main event it was um was someone else somebody did say that um Ducati have heavy links to a guy who has won a Supercross this year. I reckon it might have, it might have been Ping. Might I think okay. it might have been Ping. Might not have been too. It could have been someone else. Yeah. Um, and uh, that made me think, like, well, fuck. There's only you know <laughs> how many guys, and then you start thinking about it more, and you you think about Kenny. Yeah. Because you couldn't possibly imagine it being Jet um you wouldn't think you know coop or jay oh you wouldn't think of um coop or chase either you know it's just sort of like hmm. um, yeah. i've heard i've heard kenny's name get yeah. thrown around thrown around there but again man he's, he's having he's having a lot of success on suzuki yeah and i think that's a good fit for him with that team and uh, i think honestly a lot of it will come down to sponsorship right if if somehow mm. some way ducati gets some type of monster sponsorship like they are in the gps yeah um over here i don't he's going to give up his red bull that i don't think i could be completely wrong which brings me to you know I, we saw um antonio caroli i saw a picture of him today on the, the ducati mm. um just some pictures he was doing some testing but he had a monster graphic on the bike and a monster helmet and that looks so weird to oh, me because he's geez, always been a weird. red bull ktm guy you know yeah it's funny sometimes that gets put up as a as a um big thing but that swap happens pretty often really doesn't it you it know? does it does but mm. not for guys that have been like like ken rocks yeah. has been a red bull athlete his whole, whole life. life yeah you know, like yeah. James Stewart has been a Red Bull athlete his whole mm. life. Yeah. Um, I think Jet will be a Red Bull athlete his whole life. Yeah. You just got these these guys that have their 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 roots are so deep with these energy mm. drink brands that I just don't think like I, I just for for I can't see Danger Boy Deegan being a Red Bull guy ever, you know, mm. with his family so that's a big monster. family connection yeah because right. his, so. his sister as well and yeah. and his dad you know yep. till the whole the whole now, now money always talks right money yeah. always oh, yeah. talks so um and i don't think you have these guys that are so um loyal anymore um you know like like ac he probably yeah. could have gone and rode for other teams but 
he yeah. never did because he wanted to stick with Kawasaki's whole career. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, we might talk a uh, about a little bit of other stuff, man. What was your first bike? So, what was your first bike, and like, when did the when did the bug bite for you to love moto? Was that from your dad, or did you go and watch a race or whatever? So my dad, uh, my dad was big into he rode back in back in the day before I was born. Um, he had like an eighty. No, it had to have been earlier than that. It had to have been like a. 79 or an 80 cr um 250 like it like an old one and then um he was big into to quads you know going to the sand dunes and stuff yeah. so my first bike ever was like a it was a power wheels like i think probably we all had a power wheels when we were little but yeah. it, i remember it was this this 250r uh themed three-wheeler power wheels and i was on yeah. that dude when i was um i was like one one and a half on that thing yeah cruising that thing around and then um i i think when i was two or two and a half i started riding a bicycle with no training wheels and then yeah. um for my third birthday my dad bought me a um a z50 honda z50 yeah um, it would have been a it would have been an 89 model um but i he bought it in 88 because he bought an 88 250 r quad at the same time so yeah um it was the all red z50 yeah and um i got it for christmas i was three years old christmas or my birthday i can't remember my birthday is december 20th so oh yeah that's right yeah it was it's super close so a lot of times what happened is my presence got combined into yeah one really cool thing that happened a lot throughout the years but um i'll never forget that bike dude um I was tiny. I have pictures. I'll have to post them up on these days. I was tiny on the thing. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. My dad, we were in my grandma's backyard. My grandma had like a like a third of an acre. And uh, he said, okay, I'm going to put it in first gear. Don't give it too much gas. <laughs> those exact words. And I was three, dude, and I still remember those exact words today. Yeah. What did I do, Steve? You, you held it flat and you whisked it into a fence or, or your grandmother's veggie garden or something. Wide open, buddy, from <laughs> zero to 100%. Yes. And it freaking looped out. Yeah. I, I did a wheelie. I looped out. And I'll, I'll never forget this. I stood up. I looked at my dad and I said, I'm going to go take a nap now. <laughs> and I went inside my grandma's house, laid down, yeah. and, 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 and went to sleep. And, yeah. uh, I didn't get on that Z50 for another man two or three weeks. Yeah, we didn't have training wheels back then. You know, it was it yeah. was it was all two wheel. And then um, I started riding it, started getting you know fairly decent on it. And so I told my dad I wanted to race when I was four. Yeah. And so we have this uh, this track out here called Sacramento Raceway. It's actually not here. They just closed it this year. It's been open for God. 50 years, 50, 60 years, maybe longer than that. It's, it was an old drag strip, you know, where they used yeah. to have, um, races. And then they had a, a motor motocross track, you know, on the facility and a little, um, dirt track for the little midget cars. And, um, so I was four and I decided I want to race. So I started at Sac Raceway. That's like everybody in Northern California, Steve starts at Sac Raceway. Yeah. And so, but 
I would go and I, and, and you know, the Z 50 is more like a trail bike, right? It's, it's kind of big and heavy compared yeah. to like a PW 50, right? Yeah. I tried to ride the Z 50. It just, it just wasn't happening. So, um, my dad bought me, a, he sold that, bought me a PW 50. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, man, I used to get hole shots and, uh, I would get the hole shot and I would stop like in the second turn and I would wave all my friends by. I just, cause I, I didn't want to leave them behind. So <laughs> I, I didn't have yeah. a, a lot of competition in my blood at the time. So, yeah. um, my racing career as a young kid didn't last, didn't last that long. And I had to, it, it's funny because, um, I always remembered that there was this kid named Daniel that, that I raced against. And I never knew any more than that. There's this kid named Danny who's pretty good, you know? Well, years later, right? It, you know who it was, right? Oh, right. I bet he could. Oh, I got you. It was DB. It was, yeah, it was yeah. DB. So DB and I used to race together back in the day. And then, you know, he, of course, he went on to win, uh, you know, the, the world minis and, you know, race yeah. for Geico Honda. But yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a small world. Yeah, man. Moto is a small world, man, isn't it? Totally like in general, is. it's a really small world. It's amazing that people that you just run into in a different, you know, a different state or different country at times, I guess, too, you know, like it's just like, you know, everybody knows someone and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a funny it's interesting thing. Because, you know, our sport is, is so unique because you can go buy a dirt bike, right? You can go buy a dirt mm. bike and you can go ride and you can feel what those guys yes. feel on Saturday night when they're racing supercross, right? Yep. Well, the majority of us can't go buy a NASCAR. We can't no. go buy a top field there's, dragster. We can't. There's no know. other motorsport. I think that you can, where you can, um, you can experience that, you know, you're experiencing, you're experiencing it much slower, of course, but yeah. you can do it. Like I could take my bike and go to a, um, a ride a supercross track very slowly, like today if I wanted to. You know, yeah. like um, you know, and you can you can take your road car to a track day or something and drive around a little. But that's not even it's not even slightly close to being in a race car. Like it's no, it's, it's not a, it's could, not even the same thing. You know, it's, it's you could go yeah. to Glen Helen on a Thursday and ride with every single factory rider. Yeah, on, that's on a right. Thursday, yeah. You know, yeah, mean, yeah. What, where else? Yeah. Where else can you do that? You know, yeah. I I love that about the sport. Like I always, I'm I I'm always while well, I do want um, privateers to do well and there to be more money in the sport. I'm never a guy who wants to, when people get on, a lot of times people will get on the, oh, look at what Formula One does, look at what NASCAR does. I don't want us to be like that, you know? No. I love the way we are, you know? Um, I love that fact that it's, that it is, a, I love that fact that a, a kid whose dad is a carpenter can afford to race a mini bike, yeah. you know? Um, whereas most other or, all other, I would say, forms of motorsport. If your dad's not a millionaire, you ain't getting involved. Like you ain't doing shit. Like it's not happening, you know. Well, um, and if and if you think about this too, like if you're a, if you are a, if you're a circle track racer, right? You're racing 
say sprint cars or, mm. or go-karts or something, right? Like you, yes, a good driver is, is important, right? You got to have mm. a good driver, but you know, you can, you can build motors and stuff with so much power and, and, yeah. just, and, and be elite, right? An elite yeah. race car driver because yeah. you've got the money. There's a lot in the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. To build good equipment, right? Where a dirt bike, you know, you see, you see these kids like a, like Jake Weimer is a great example. Jake Weimer's family never had a lot of money, yeah. you know, but he was a factory rider. You know, he was a, a fan. He was a 250 Supercross champion. Mm. Um, because you need to have 90% of its skill. You got to have yeah. the skill. And, yeah. and I think that that's what's special about our sport is you can't just go buy the best. It is. Yeah. You and I could go buy factory motorcycles with eight kit suspension and yeah. be probably slower than we would on a bone stock bike. Yeah, yeah. We, um, you and me could take 40 grand to Mitch Payton and get a pro circuit bike probably. And it, and or, it would very, be very close too. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like, so you can do it, yeah. You know, We're not going um, any faster, you know. That's what I um, I love like um, – you know, I, I I also I've got I get a BME bonnet about that too because I've seen I've seen um like growing up so growing up dad raced cars and I um and I did a little bit too but he um he was involved in really grassroots of car racing in Australia like really grassroots like people didn't have money you know um like the the car towing the race car would be a pile of shit because they're pouring all their money into the race car you know yeah they'd be their race car would be fast and they'd be towing it with a rusty trailer behind a rusty valiant you know yeah and and that's it like all their money was going into the race car and it's really grassroots of the sport and um and then um between sort of over where where he stopped driving and i drove for a little while a lot of guys with a lot of money got into the sport and just pushed everyone out who wasn't rich basically yeah. you know and um and now that uh, type of racing he does yeah like every single person who lines up is um is probably a, a millionaire you know yeah. um so you know and i, I have a, a distinct memory from those days where i was competing against a kid and actually the kid was a great guy but his grandfather was one of the richest guys in melbourne and this kid had a like a small um like a small like truck set up and two mechanics that that his grandfather paid to go to the races with him and i had like a rusty trailer and me and my dad and an, an old we had this ex uh secondhand army tent that was that we pitted out of right oh, and me and him were really close on the track we were very competitive and we got yeah. on great he was he was a good dude and i remember his um his car was beautiful ours was still nice but ours was fast we put the money into performance you know yeah what the money we had and dad was very good at building cars so he's um this guy's mechanics um they they'd be in a team uniform and everything you know <laughs> they would come they would come talking to me picking my brains and picking dad's brains about the car all the time every every race and um and you wouldn't tell them much you know because you knew what they were up to oh yeah and that sort of thing and i distinctly remember they uh, one of these guys he came up to me 
and he's talking to me and he's like all over me like he's my best mate trying to get information and that sort of thing and he said oh we'll see you at the next one and i said ah oh, dude we can't afford to go to the next race i'm gonna to have to skip the next one and the look this guy gave me the way he looked down his rich fucking nose at me i just he just changed and that motherfucker never spoke to me again after he would be hanging around talking to me all the time he never spoke to me again because he must have thought all oh, these people are poor they're not as good as us you know <laughs> and i'd still be beating his car on some yeah. days you know That's I'd beat him, he'd beat me. We were guys running, you know, we might have been running 10th and 11th, you know, in a field yeah. of 30. That was sort of, you know, and we were both sort of on the improve and um, that sort of thing. And, yeah, I always remember that. And um, and it wasn't long after that all these other millionaires started building these flash cars and, you know, guys like me that were an apprentice mechanic um, and saving up for, for months to buy a set of roller rockers because all the other cars had roller rockers on them and I just had standard high lift rockers and they were getting away from me on the straights, you know, things yeah. like that, you know, and I, I'd like rotate tires and wear the tires out and I have all these plans to keep me tires going and all that sort of thing. And they'd be just turning up with like four sets of tires spare, and, you know? So yeah, I, um, that's one of the reasons all oh, that experience really makes me love that. Um, the fact that, uh, moto it's the it's all on the the skill of the person yeah and that definitely. you know yeah a dude if your dad's a plumber or a carpenter um he can scrape together the money for you to go and race a mini bike you know yeah um yep. and it's still expensive it's not a poor man's sport but it's definitely not a rich man's sport and i think that's that's just um fantastic you know yeah yep. really cool man yeah hey um track days man i know you get it we see you to go to a lot of track days you love riding yeah and um you get out there and your cowies and your and your um and the creed honda we all saw the we all saw oh, the yeah. creed honda i sat on the creed honda at glen allen you did yeah um what's um it, it's just an interesting question that I, that I ask people what's your favorite thing about going to a, just a track day and then what's the worst thing as well well, I, I don't, the worst thing is I don't, I'm not a mud guy. I, I just, okay, I yeah. avoid the mud. I avoid the mud. So if I know it's going to be muddy, like right now we're getting hammered in Northern California. I haven't ridden, Steve, I haven't ridden since I saw you in January. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, in uh, Southern California. Um, and normally I ride at least once a week, but it's been a while because it's been so, so wet and muddy. But um, yeah. I, I try not to have, many bad days at the track you know yeah. uh, anymore I'm, I'm 40 right I, yeah. i'm not really racing anymore yeah. i don't have anything to prove to anybody i've i've slowed way down because i don't want to get hurt um yeah. i i strictly just ride for fun you know and mm. uh so i try not to i try not to have the bad days and, and beat myself up you know i mean yeah. there's days obviously that you just don't ride good and that those are kind of you know, you, you leave the track and you're a little bit bummed, you know, but, yeah, I know what you um, mean. Yeah. but again, I ride within my limits these mm. days where I make sure that if I have a bad day, I can make it to the next day. Right. Um, because yeah. I'm not out there wadding my brains out. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I think the thing that I that I enjoy the most is that it's just it's a release. It's a it's 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 one of those things, man. That when you're riding your dirt bike, you don't think about anything else. You yeah. could have the, the, the gnarliest, yeah, yeah. You could have the gnarliest worst shit going on in your life at the time, and get on the track, and and that all goes away, you know. Mm. And uh, that's probably what I enjoy the most. You know, we do a lot of we do a lot of private days. We've gotten kind of spoiled. One of my best friends, Zeb Armstrong, uh, owns rep racing. He owns, um, the Hangtown motocross track, the, the big national yeah. track. Yeah. And he owns a couple other tracks here in town as well. And, um, very fortunate where we can have these private days where it's, it's me and my buddies, right? I don't, we don't ride with the general public. Yeah. It's mostly vet guys like myself, you know, you can, trust everybody where they're not going to, you know, you don't have young kids out there throwing whips in your face and slamming you in corners and stuff like that. It's just, it's a good time with a good group of, of friends. Everybody gets along. And, and I love that. I, I just yeah. love being at the track with my buddies and, um, you know, and then, and then we've been trying to do some more stuff with the podcast, you know, man, mm. moto with doing some bike builds and some testing of parts. So I've kind of gotten, more into that and and i've really enjoyed you know testing different parts and you know being able to feel the difference and giving feedback to manufacturers and, and things like that it's that's been a lot of fun as well mm. yeah i think that's a, all that sort of testing stuff super interesting to me you know like i'm a guy who like um i'm I'd say I'm elite at making parts last. Like my bikes are always reliable, but man, I like I make everything last as yeah. long as it possibly can, because I like to like normally I haven't lately because I trashed my bike at the race from hell last like November and I still haven't fixed it, so I'm hanging out to ride. But normally, like I, I try and ride once a week, you know, once a fortnight. You know, if I go three weeks, I'm like jittery usually, so I'm super jittery yeah. at the moment. And um, I've got my, my one of my vintage bikes, but I don't like to put heaps of hours on them just because parts are getting hard to get, you know? So yeah. it's, that you can't just sort of wear them out because there's some parts, like my 96KX, there's parts that you just can't get anymore, you know? So right. uh, like power valve parts and that sort of thing. Um, so you don't want to um, wear that out. But, um, you know, like, yeah, I, um, I'll um, make parts last, but... I find it really interesting all the same um, listening to like, you know, Kiefer or any of these test guys about the differences they notice and the, all that sort of thing and, and how different parts affect different bikes and all that sort of thing. It's, it's a super interesting thing to me. Yeah. So, well, That's it is. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, that I've tried to do and, and I love Kiefer. I, I love Kiefer. I love everything Kiefer does, you know, but there is the majority of us, right? The majority of us riders, uh, Kiefer is an incredible rider. I yeah. Mean, oh, is, shit, yeah. He is an incredible rider and, and yeah. he is extremely fast for his age mm. and he's extremely fast for even up, any up age young guys. Yeah. Any, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's, 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 he's battled Mike Brown. Yeah. And Mike, Mike Brown's over at triumph. Um, nearly keeping up with the kids racing in the 250 class. Yeah. So, there you you go. Know, so, yeah. so I, I, I've had to kind of uh, put myself in reality that that I'm not Chris Kiefer. I'm not as fast yeah. as Chris Kiefer. 
And the things that Chris Kiefer are feeling may not be the same things that I'm feeling because I'm not going the speed that he's going, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, the majority of the majority of us are not Chris Kiefer's, yeah. right? We're just we're average intermediate, you know, riders, right? Especially as yeah. vet guides now. And so that's where I've been trying to keep an open mind. You know, I, I always kind of take what Kiefer says as kind of a baseline, right? And maybe yeah. try that or start there, but don't end there. And and I think that's one of the things that people get so caught up in these days is, you know, well, Kiefer says I got to do this. Well, Kiefer says I got to do that. Well, you know, motocross actions telling me I got, I have to do oh. this and, you know, Oh, you know, I, I can't touch my clickers because racer X says I got to be 12 out, you know? Yeah. Everybody needs to get a feel for themselves and what feels the best for them. Yeah. Instead of taking what these guys say as, as, you know, gospel, because yeah. it's, it's usually not Steve, honestly, mm. to be, to be quite honest with you. It, it just, it's not, sometimes it's a good starting point, but um, I've found things that, you know, that I like differently or for my speed, you know, and then I'll, and yeah. then I'll ask a buddy like, Hey, you know, jump on this, try this, tell me what you think, you know, tell me, you know, this guy's same speed as, as me, right? Yeah. Tell me what you think. Give me give me some feedback and see if he's feeling the same things that I'm feeling. And, and a lot of times that they are, you know, and then you'll say, okay, well, go try this. And it, maybe it's a, a racer X setting or, you know, dirt bike TV or, or whatever setting, right? Go try this. Oh man, that, that doesn't feel good. Mm. Well, are you sure? Cause you know, Chris Kiefer says it does. No, it doesn't. But so many guys just get locked into what these outlets say to do, and they never try anything else, you know. And it's yeah. so that's one different thing tracks and different speeds and different, you know, different styles, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But people get just so so like so caught up in mm. what somebody else says. And I'm not taking anything away from Kiefer or any of those mm. guys. They're they're all great testers and whatnot. But what I'm saying is, I encourage everybody to to turn those clickers, you know, try mm. some different air pressure, try different sag because you might like something different. Yeah. yeah I'm guilty of that. I, I get my suspension done by, we, it, we're lucky in Victoria here. We've got a really good, real world-class suspension mob. Like they, um, you know, they set up Dakar rally bikes and things like, like, um, yeah, Toby Price has flown them flown one of their texts to Saudi Arabia to set up a Dakar bike before, you know, oh, wow. high level guys. And I'm lucky enough, I can drop off my stuff at this guy's house and he takes it to the shop for me and things like that. So um, I, when I get that that back, I just bolt it up. And I don't touch anything. Yeah. No matter what, I'll be scared to touch anything because I figure that their knowledge compared to mine. But yeah, I, I guess sometimes it wouldn't hurt to try a click here and a, and a click there. But yeah. Um, and I was using like some suspension companies, um, you know, like uh, Factory Connection and Race Tech, and and I and, and again, I'm not taking any way anything away from there. Those are great companies, mm. you know what I mean? And they could get you really close. In some instances, you know, that stuff will be the best stuff you've ever ridden, you know. But um, I found a local guy to me. His name's Chris Gall, and uh, he he's been doing suspension a long time, mm. but he's cool because he goes to the track with us and yeah. he oh, will ride awesome. your, yeah. he'll ride your stuff and he yeah. will give well, you feedback yeah. or if you don't um if you don't like something you know he can change it 
you know, it, yeah. very easily without having to box it up and and send shit. Steve, you know how much it is to ship suspension now? Yeah, it's expensive. You gotta yeah. take out a damn loan on your house to and ship half, suspension. Half the price of what the job will cost. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, yeah. it's uh, I've always now encouraging people to find something, you know, find somebody local that you know mm. that can give you some feedback or that you know can make changes for you if necessary instead of just getting stuck with something right it's the best money you can spend on your bike isn't it good suspension. oh 100 percent. i mean it's money you can spend yeah that could make or break oh, your apart from burning fuel burning fuel you know just burning fuel and getting ride time in is probably the best but after that i'd say yeah good suspension like yeah and it's also i also i've, I've said the suspension text before with their marketing they need to lean into the fact that that it's not only the bikes are better the bikes so much safer yeah with good suspension so much safer you yep. know I, I remember saying to guys like you know all these guys out there whose wives you know they're scared about spending spending a thousand bucks on their suspension because they'll get in trouble with their wife well, if their wife knew how much safer that bike was with good suspension yeah they'd say Oh, I spend it. You know, I want you to be safer. You know, like yeah. You know, I've um, you know, you know, when you when things go wrong, in particularly, like if you if you um, you know, like I had to um, probably the last last time I was on a moto track there late last year, there were some guys there, and it was probably their first time over on a motocross track. You know, yeah, you get that, and guys are welcome. We want people to come and and try that, but they probably needed to have a little bit more knowledge or a little bit more help before they went out on the track and i had a guy um almost um nearly stop at the top of an up ramp and i'm right up his clacker right you know just just a long tabletop so i had to basically turn on the up ramp at like speed to clear it and jump off the side of a tabletop you know right Shit. and and i'm in the air all i'm thinking is Please, no sprinklers. I'll be right if there's no yeah. sprinklers is all that's going through my mind. Yeah. And so I flat landed off it. And because I got good suspension on my bike, it was just fucking sweet. I just rode out of it. If I still had the stock stuff on it like that, oh, man, I can't imagine how my wrists are feeling and all this sort yeah. of stuff, you know. So it is it's, it is um, safer, you know. Um, Suspension's crazy too because, like, you – typically it's 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 backwards right if you think your suspension's too soft yeah or or i'm sorry too stiff it's actually too soft yeah and and vice versa it's mm. it's always usually it's funny isn't it i, I have, have had that explained to me and it makes sense once it's explained i won't try and explain it because i'm not the right guy to do that but yeah it is yeah it's it's not necessarily i can remember uh, it's hard and just backing all the clickers off you know to try and and then it's like ah oh, it's worse yeah. what's going on this is shit you know like um yeah it's a um it's a funny the it's a thing funny is, thing it's, man it's weird my suspension my my suspension guy he he's been you know trying to get me to to change the rebound he's like well how you know what are you out on the rebound and i'm like man i I don't know. I usually don't touch the rebound. I, it's just compression. He's like, man, speed up the rebound. It, it'll be plusher. And I'm like, really? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, because the, the, the fork action will actually rebound back up into the plush part of the stroke yeah. instead of, you know, riding, you know, 
down in, yeah. in the harsh, harsher midstroke. It's what they call packing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it packs, it stays so in there. So I've been messing with my rebound yeah. now, and man, what, what a world of difference, you know? Mm. Again, it's one of those things you get so stuck into just one thing, thinking that that's good, and those damn suspension clickers are there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get in, Dan, do you ever get into um, watching old races? Do you have a favorite old race to go back and watch? Oh, man. No, no, no. I usually don't. Um, yeah. I'm one of those weird ones, Steve. Like, even if, like, <laughs> if I didn't have to do the podcast on Sunday, there's times where I, like, if I missed the race Saturday night and I know who won and I, you know, because obviously you jump on Instagram, you see who won yeah. and you see the, yeah. you know, the, the highlight reels and stuff like yeah. that's, that's enough for me. You know, like I don't, I don't need to see any more than that. Yeah, I have to force myself to go back and watch the race. Podcast <laughs> yeah, so I know so, what the hell went on. Yeah. I can't for whatever reason, get, get into watching the old races. There's sometimes, mm. uh, what is that Instagram page? I just posted something the other day. They, they posted a race from, Pontiac Dome or something. Yeah, there's um, a few. Yeah, but yeah. you know some of those ones that probably, are short. Well, probably Tony's. I think it was probably Tony Blazer. It could have been, yeah. Motocross, but it was yeah. it was uh, when it was Ricky Johnson and uh, Johnny O'Mara and yeah, um, that was you know I like watching some of those. Yeah, some of those. Dude, those guys were so good back in the day. Like they yeah. are so they were so underrated. Like yeah. they were good riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The eighties is my favorite era. Yeah, the eighties is my favorite year. That's when I got into it, and that's you know I'll, I'll just love all those guys. Yeah, um, love the whole thing about it. Love the bikes, everything. You know, that's like I've got I've got a couple eighties bikes in, it both in different stages of restoration. So, um, yeah, I um I absolutely love it. But yeah, I, like man, I, I'm the opposite. Like I I won't I don't miss a um a bit of 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 any of the broadcast. Sometimes if it's like an East Coast race, I might not see all the race day live because then I'd get no sleep at all, you know. So yeah. the broadcast, I'm, I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch it, that sort of thing. I might watch a, I'll watch a replay of the mains if they were good or something like that. Yeah. And like when about, I don't know, they're probably about three times a year that I have control of the remote control at, at home and I'm – gonna sit still for a while because I don't sit still much. Um it's pretty much straight to YouTube for old moto videos. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's, the only time I'll watch like some of those is like if I'm in a hotel. Yeah you know, I'm away I'm away, you know, not at a race no, or something yeah. and I got nothing to watch. I'll flip on YouTube and watch some of those old races and stuff. But I've actually really been enjoying some of these rider vlogs and yeah, you know, just kind of getting to know some of these guys. Uh yeah that i don't already know you know just kind of mm. see what they do on the daily it's kind of it's kind of neat yeah there's some good ones out there I, I, I like all that sort of stuff yeah yeah you know there's um there's a lot of the privateer guys are getting into it and that sort of thing and that's yeah there's a, a lot of really good ones you know like dinos and acs were always are always great yeah yeah um, they're, they're sort of the pioneers of it maybe i guess um yeah. and that sort of thing but you know there's a lot of um a lot of dudes doing some pretty pretty cool stuff stuff like that it lets their personality out like Tristan Lane Tristan Lane stuff's been really good he's he's one that's done oh, I didn't even know he had one yeah yeah it's sort of he does like um he's been doing this sort of a um uh track walk 
he, he vlogs okay. the track walk um and that sort of thing and he's it's pretty funny there's a lot of characters on that that that's um i had like i had hunter slosher on last week and yeah yeah it's a pretty cool team that a lot of, lot of a personality dude. personalities and a lot of characters you know they have a lot of fun at yeah uh, that next level team yeah so that's a um that's a good one man what's your favorite um what's your favorite ever um bike of yours and also your favorite ever um race bike of of a pro guy man my favorite bike oh you know what's crazy is i actually really liked my 09 kx250 yeah stroke yeah For whatever oh, yeah. reason yeah. i love that bike it's yeah well it's much the same as what my my main squeeze is you know so yeah mine's yeah. a 12 but the 12 was is same same chassis same cases mine's yeah. just fuel injected yeah so 250 yeah you have a 250 yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but that same same plastic same chassis same look yeah yeah i loved yeah. that bike that was a that was a that was a really good bike um i i actually really love i i really <laughs> this is kind of cliche but my new 250 cowie that i got well let's see it was a 21 um that bike right there changed the my riding and my enjoyment for riding because yeah um my in was seeing 2000 i had that 09 cowie 250 and then i bought a 12 450 yeah um and then i've been on 450s ever since right and so you know but i was getting older and you just can't ride the 450s as long and mm. they're just heavy and they're they're a ton of power and just honestly steve they're just not a lot of fun to ride you know as, when the older you get and track gets rough they're just they're they're a lot to hang on to and so um i bought that cowie 250 to just to slow myself down a little bit and uh mm. you know, because the 450 man it's it's got so much power you could be lazy in a corner you know come right out and jump anything right yeah and so I felt like I was losing the edge a little bit. I was losing mm. my skill a little bit because I was relying on the bike so much instead of like my skill set. Yeah. And so I got that Cowie 250 and honestly that bike has has really made me start enjoying riding again because they've got the new 250s have plenty of power mm. um to jump anything. Um they're manageable, they're smooth, they handle good, they're lighter. You know, if you get into trouble on them, you can kind of correct yourself a little bit easier than a 450 and um that bike is that and that honda 250 i got the creed honda some of the best bikes i've ever owned and 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 had the most fun on because of what they are and i just i bought a new cowie 450 because it, it was new right um mm -hmm. but i bought it because it was slow like it's a slow 450 yeah. um yeah but that's why i wanted it everybody mm -hmm. keeps saying you know Cowie needs to make a 350. Somebody needs somebody other than KTM needs to make a 350. Well, that new 450 that Honda is very 350-ish, you know. Yeah. And so that's why I bought it because it didn't have that sheer power. But I'll tell you, man, us vet guys, we have no business on 450s. A 250F will do anything and everything you want it to do these days. Yeah, I, I like the 250 for moto definitely. Um, I do a lot of trail riding as well and for I love the 450 for trail riding um yeah. you know especially a long day you can ride lazy 
and and riding riding 450s up um like a lot of the trail riding will do is in in the mountains you know and riding a four up uphills on a 450 is so much fun oh yeah, it, yeah. i mean any anything uphill is fun but a 450 that's just cool just letting a big yeah. girl eat and and then you got heaps of engine braking coming down that big hill as well so they're easy to ride down like they're just they're easy you know as long as you got sort of the strength for that you know the strength for it yeah. no good for a little guy or whatever but or, or young fella but uh, when you've got a bit of old man strength trail riding a 450 is super good fun but yeah, yeah. on a moto track yeah 250 or my favorite thing on the moto track is actually my 125 so that's i love well, it that's gonna say your, your other question was what was my fat my my favorite factory motorcycle and it would have yeah. to be a 99 or a 2000 Pro Circuit KX125 with the split with the split fire bikes. Yeah, those are by far my favorite bike ever. Yeah, sweet. Well, close, close, man. My mine is Jimmy Gaddis's '93 um, Pro Circuit bike. The, Honda. The no, 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 the '93, '93. So it would would have been their very first, uh, oh, first yeah. or first or second year of the Cowie. Cowie. Yeah. 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 Number sixty nine. Yeah, it's the one so that was Mitch, like, Mitch has that in the showroom, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was standing right next to it when I was over there. Yeah, so that's my favorite. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot up there, but that one, I don't know. I always just, just, um, just love that, um, love that bike, and probably the fact that he was number sixty nine probably tips it over the edge as well. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm number five six nine, so yeah as well which has actually got nothing to do with the the, the sexual connotations but it's just it's <laughs> legitimately a coincidence but yeah the um cool man cool hey um oh, we'll move on to just some uh some other just little questions um so this one's actually come from so i yeah i thought i'd put out a um a question for you to our uh to our mates on the discord at, oh boy! Uh, the main event Discord. I'm, and I'm I, scared. I, nah, don't be scared. It's actually a great. <laughs> it's a great question. So, um, there, there's a few that came in and some some good ones. But this one, um, this one's from our guy, uh, our guy Jeff, Canada Jeff. All right. And he said, "What, um, what uh, development uh, in in motocross bikes hurt the sport the most?" And what development over the years um, benefited the sport the most? Man, um, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a it good, a good one. I'm still thinking about what my answer would be, but yeah, yeah. I, I I think honestly that I think the I think the thing that hurt the sport the worst is 450s. Mm. I just I uh, again I I just don't think that there's any reason that they need that type of power yeah. on a motocross track or, or on a supercross track for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, when we look at some of the racing, some of the best racing we see is in the 250 class. Yes. Um, you know, so I think that the 450s, um, it's just too much. It, it, mm. It's too much power. And for the size of these stadiums, um, it, it just doesn't make sense. So yeah. they, hit would, would, they hit supercross triples in first gear. Yeah, yeah they can gear. triple out in first gear. Like, yep. That says everything, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Like, you know, like, and, and and again, it's it's um like I like I stated earlier. You know, it's the 450 
takes a little bit of your skill away for an average yeah. guy like myself because mm. you can rely on the power, you know. Mm. So I think if we had uh, all 250s, I would love to see a class where the 250 class is like um, a limited class, right? Where it's uh, it's a 250 with a pipe, yeah. And you know, you you run race fuel, and yeah. uh, you know, you pretty much it, like fuel or something like that. Just yeah, bare yeah. bones minimum modifications, right? Yeah. And then you can have an open class, an open 250 class, where it's more of yeah. You could even you could even let the open class like. They could go two eighties, or you know, they could big bore them a little bit. Just go, yeah. go, go insane, you know, or like something. So, you know, you yeah. could run uh, yeah. like a like a like a works GP bike, right? Yeah, yeah, go what crazy. Yeah, that I think that'd be awesome too. Yeah, I would love to it, see that because those things are faster than the two fifty two strokes were. Yeah, oh, that the four fifty yeah, a modern two fifty four stroke is yeah. is faster. Yeah, they don't necessarily feel feel that way to the average man because um, they're smoother. But yeah. peak horsepower, they are faster. Yeah, yeah I think the thing uh, that's that's benefited benefited us the most is fuel injection and in electronics. I mean, yeah, the fact that we can go out these days and and hit a start button, you know, and mm. not have to clean carburetors and drain fuel. And I mean, so sure, you still get bad fuel, but yeah. it's the the maintenance on these things is that's just yeah. it's it's you can actually ride and not have to work on your motorcycle remember back yeah. in the day steve we were always wrenching on our bike you know jetting it or fucking you know, around the carbies, yeah. plug or, or whatever right and especially oh. carbies on four strokes man it's such a pain in the ass oh huge getting a two strokes ass. pretty easy because you got there's so much room <laughs> you know like yeah you from the back of the room. frame to the to the head you got like you got all this elbow room in there it's so easy yeah. you know you can turn the carb around and get the bowl off or, or you pop it in and out and all that it's just like it's easy on a two-stroke but yeah four-stroke carby stuff terrible yeah like that terrible. 09 kx 250 i had was carbureted yeah and i'll never forget man just trying to, to if i ever had to jet that thing or Ugh. or it was a freaking nightmare man you had to pull the freaking subframe off and and everything to get the carburetor out and it just it was no fun mm. Yeah, no, I love mine. Yeah, so mine was the second generation. Mine is the model where they come out with the dual fuel injection. Okay, on yeah. The, on that same, I think so. I think like 10 or 11, they got injection. And then the 12, which is mine, there was the dual injection. So it's got the the one sort of back further as well. And yeah. um, it's beautiful. Like its whole life, it it, it pretty much, um, or it starts three kicks from cold its whole life. Yeah. And again, if it's a warm day, it might start second kick. But they, they never designed a start on the first kick because the first kick sort of ignites the electricals. Right. Um, but yeah, and I it's so I still don't have the magic button, but I do have the fuel injection. So yeah. Oh yeah. I've never honestly, rolled up to a motocross track with an electric start before. So, yeah. No, it, I mean, dude, for us, it, listen, if I crash so hard. Yeah. I can't get back on the bike and, and kickstart it to, to ride again. I'm, I'm probably done anyways. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know for me, the kickstart thing is not that big of a deal for average guy to motocross track. It doesn't matter off-road riding like, like yeah, off-road and even trail riding doesn't matter that much off-road racing or oh, the electric starts a big advantage, you know, oh, sure. when you're doing gnarly stuff and, and the, you know, little tip overs and, and stalling and all that sort of thing can happen a lot. And, yeah. and sometimes you can't get your leg 
to the starter and all that sort of thing on a side of a hill, all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. That's when you really need that magic button. But, but yeah, it, um, it is a, uh, but yeah, fuel injection, man. Yeah, that's a good one. What you're saying about the 450s too, like, um, I think um, one of the biggest things, the damaging thing of that is how they just eat tracks. They just chew up tracks. Like, yeah. it's just incredible. Like, you would notice over your time riding how much rougher tracks get beaten up nowadays than in the old days. Like, you know, racetracks now, man, are so rough. It's just unbelievable. And they develop so much differently than a two-stroke, you know, back in the two-stroke days where now these 450s, you know, the majority of them have so much engine braking, right? You're coming to do a corner whether you're on the brakes or not the motor is braking itself and causing yeah. braking Just bumps without even touching massive, the brake pedal massive braking bumps massive yep. acceleration bumps yeah two strokes everyone had to flow more you know yeah um so it's um it's amazing how it just gets beaten up you know yep like uh yeah you know I, i've um i don't do it much I, I used to sweep ride a lot for for like pretty high level uh, off-road racing so I'd, I'd sweep ride and then a couple of years ago I decided I'm going to race one of these things just to tick a box you know it was a state yeah. championship race and um and I just I couldn't believe how torn up the track was after you know three hours or whatever how beaten up it was it was just like and then you just so many fast guys of a 450s just tearing the bush to pieces you know and yeah. um yeah it, it just um amazing i think that's one of the biggest differences between um racing versus um trail riding you know out the bush you know with with the off-road stuff is just how rough the tracks get you know you know what i heard the other day too just a little bit off topic but kind of the same you know these these starks right these electric motorcycles that are starting to come out yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those because uh, from what i'm hearing that there's some tracks that are starting to ban those electric motorcycles because they've had too many accidents because people can't um, hear them people can't hear you coming yeah. and yeah. uh you know you cut over in front of somebody or whatever because you can't hear them and mm. these these tracks are are starting to see a lot of injuries and yeah they don't want to deal with them so that's going to be you rely you rely on hearing people you know like absolutely especially a ride day you know i if i you know especially i do like especially because i've i've like a really um because my back i i have limited like how far i can turn my neck i'm like you know i can't look around and see who's following me real well they've got to be pretty close before i can actually get my head that far to see them so i rely on hearing bikes and if i hear a young bloke coming oh no i'll hold me line he'll go around me you know that sort of thing but if it's an electric bike and i'm I'm diving in. I think I might take the outside line for something different, you know, and the next yep. minute, you know, like, cause I can't hear him. Um, yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I, I was, you know, a lot of people talk about, um, and it's true access for practicing and that sort of thing in, in bushland that's close to an urban area is a benefit. But then I was, um, and I, I um, I work and drive around a lot of areas that are just exactly that, you know, yeah. where there's no way you could take your 250F out there and ride. You'd be sure. locked up in no time, you know. Uh, but if you had a, an electric 
electric bike, no one would know you're there. But the thing is, the bunch of kids on their BMXs out there building dirt jumps aren't going to know you're out there either. Yeah. You know, yep. or the bushwalker or the girl riding a horse. They're not going yep. to know you're out there either. Um, so I can see problems with that too, you know, and it even comes back to um, you would have had the same thing growing up in America where kids would, um, kids, a bunch of kids with a small backyard, you'd play on the street. You'd be playing oh, yeah. baseball or throwing the football on the street. We'd be playing cricket in the street, kicking the football in the street. It was yeah. just what you did. And 100%. if a car was if a car was coming, you could hear him from two blocks away and you'd yeah. get out of his way. And if there was someone driving fast being a dickhead, you could hear him coming from six blocks away and you yeah. got out of his way. Whereas now, Granny's Prius, you can't hear that coming. And, yeah. and and that Prius goes faster than those old loud cars did as well. So oh, yeah. you know, like yep. you can't you can't hear these cars coming. No. Um, so you know, whereas um, I wouldn't, you know, my kids are grown up now, but I wouldn't have. And I still took them out onto the road to do stuff just because it was a bit of like fuck you. When I was a kid, yeah. we played cricket on the street. So that's that's what we did, you know. Yeah. And when they were little, we did have a small backyard, and and we'd do that and. Um, and some people would think it's cool because it reminded me of the old days. And then some people would get pissed off because I was blocking the road, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just thought, well, bad luck. This is what Aussie kids do, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. You, um, these things, there is something to be said for being able to hear, hear something coming, you know? Like, yeah. So many times trail riding, you'll come along and there'll be someone, there'll be a lady um, bushwalking with a dog and she's got the dog and she's off the track out of your way um, because she heard you coming. Yeah. And you see, I always slow right down, be super respectful, don't want to spook the dog, or it might be a horse or whatever. Yeah. But they've they've heard you coming and they get out of the way. If you're belting down a downhill out in the bush on a stark, it's like, I can see bad shit happening with that sort At of 80 thing. horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> I can see problems, problems with yeah. that. Um, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I am... I am a little, I, no, I'm probably more than a little anti-electric, but, um, you know, I think that, that it's a valid thing that what I'm saying, you know, I think, I think these, they have their place. I think all these electric vehicles have their place, um, in, in certain ways, but yeah, it's not replacing anything. No, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, for, for if, if you've got, you know, like you're talking about your grandma's house that was a third of an acre backyard and, um, you know, someone's got an electric bike around there, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know, they're learning their skills, ripping around there. That's great, you know, um, and they're not upsetting the neighbours. You know, there's a lot of, and I know, you know, um, a lot of people having a lot of fun on those Saron bikes and all that sort oh, of thing. Yeah. They've got their place and all that, like, you know, yeah, but it's not. Those are huge here. God, every mm. kid has a sir on here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's it, man. Hey, um, what's your on your moto bucket list? Where like haven't you been that you'd love to go to? Oh, like ride wise or go to a race or what? Uh, either, either, to, either to go and ride it or to go and see it. You know, whether it's a motocross of nations or whatever something that you haven't seen or. Yeah, I 
So my bucket list was Glen Helen. As weird as that sounds, I, oh, I've yeah, never cool. been to Glen Helen, even though it's yeah. I live in California, but it's Southern California, which is yeah. it's you know seven eight hours from me. But I went yeah. down for a one. I took my bike, went to Glen Helen twice. I would I'm 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 good on Glen Helen, Aussie Steve. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I I don't ever have to go back to Glen Helen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Checked it off the bucket list. Um, yeah. But I would. Uh, I would I would love to ride Redbud. I think that that track yeah. is like a it's a historic motocross track um, mm. in the United States, you know. And and of course we have our big Redbud National there every Fourth of July. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would I would love to go ride that track just to say that I've ridden Redbud. Um, and I would like to do a I would like to do a a GP. Um, I just don't know where. I, I've I've never been out mm. of the country. I've never been out of out of yeah. the United States. I've I've thought um, about where you'd go for a GP before. Yeah, I just um, I for whatever reason I don't know why Singapore. I don't even think we have a Singapore GP. Yeah, the Indo Indonesia, Indonesia, which yeah, I'd give that a miss. <laughs> yeah, I know for whatever reason I've always yeah. wanted to go to Singapore, so I yeah. I, I have no idea why, but um, yeah. I don't know I don't much know. about Singapore other than I know it's usually, it's very often the stopover on a um, Melbourne to London flight because I know my okay. parents my parents stopped over there a couple of times when they've been to yeah. England you know back in the day uh, but I don't know much about it um, but yeah I I think for a GP I, I reckon to really get the experience of of the mad crowd and the passion I think Italy or France is yeah. probably you know, if you think about when when it's a when it's a uh, a motocross of nations, when it's in Italy or France, like it it goes crazy. Like I think yeah. that's probably the. I could the probably place. do I could probably do Italy. I don't think yeah. I could do France because I don't know if I I don't know if I'd get along with the food in France. Yeah. Like I could do spaghetti and pasta. Oh, and stuff the Italian Italy, but... food would be the best thing you've ever eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah, that that that'd sway me too. I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been yeah, uh, I've been super fortunate to you know most all the Supercross rounds I've been to at least once. Um, I don't know, man. It's I've been I've been very fortunate. I, I, you know, especially in the, living in the United States and mm. you know having the podcast and stuff. I've we've been I've been so fortunate to hit some really cool races and see a lot of stuff. Which I think I said this on the podcast not too long ago. Um, Actually, I think when when you were with us at Anaheim okay. One, yeah, you kind of you kind of take it for granted sometimes, you know, yeah. because it's so accessible here that we just take it for granted. And uh, how much others like yourself, like uh, that was a, the coolest thing when you were here, Ozzy Steve, was just seeing your excitement um, yeah. because you'd never been here, you'd never been a one, and like seeing it in in you, your eyes or from your perspective was the coolest thing because it was like so refreshing because yeah. we just that's just yeah. a normal race for us it's mm. not a big deal you know but that was really cool for me yeah man it was <laughs> it was fucking amazing man it really was yeah yeah well, i plan to go back so i don't yeah I, I don't have exact plans but i plan to i plan to go back to the to america oh, that's for sure so absolutely yeah absolutely i i, I kept the leftover um american money it's sitting in my wallet just over there i haven't taken it back <laughs> to the exchange it's uh, 
that was sort of a thing. I, I was like, oh, I should take that back to the exchange. And I was like, no, fuck that. Leave that sitting right there and uh, leave that money in there, you know. Hey, so, the way the way it's going, Aussie, Steve, that money ain't going to be worth shit. So yeah, ours follows yours. Like if yours goes shitty, ours will go shitty. Like we, we follow you, you know. It's yeah. always, it's never much different. Like there, there was one, I don't know what was happening over there. There was one stage probably 10 years ago, maybe longer, where your dollar went like bad at where, where we we were we had like parity for a few weeks and <laughs> uh, and it was like everyone was going online buying stuff from america it was like wow you know deals you know i remember i bought a box of parts from um, motorsport.com because it was like wow i choose this stuff you know <laughs> and it was a lot of the time it's things speak like vintage parts we can't get them here you got to get them from america oh really yeah yeah is it just um, not just not the supply of, of or just like stuff? like 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 new old stock parts and and yeah. things like that or sometimes sometimes even aftermarket vintage parts yeah there's just not the market here for it you know right um like I've, at the moment I've, I've been chasing since COVID, i've been chasing a new set of plastics for my cowie and i and i just want an all green set of plastics for it give a bit of a modern look you know because it was for what your your 12 my 12 yeah yeah it was just like yeah it's not that old and i um at one stage you could get no plastics for it at all for about a year and then uh now uh, you can get certain colors but even just a green set of plastics you know just like an all green so it looks a bit more modern without the black plastic yeah um I still can't get that in the country, you know. And that race from hell last year, I tore the side covers off it. I crashed and tore the side covers. I ripped the bolts oh, off the whole show and just trashed the bike. And um, and so now I've got to get new plastics for it, as well as rebuild the motor and all the other damage that happened to it in that race. But the um, and yeah, I think it's going to be uh, have the black um monster look again because i can get black plastics for it here i can't yeah. get green ones you know <laughs> so it's um yeah a lot of the time yeah got to get parts from america and but the shipping's crazy you know oh yeah but I remember yeah that time where you're we it was probably when you had was probably the global financial crisis or something like that it might have been back then oh nine um, yeah it might have been that far back yeah it might, it might be more than 10 years and it was like yeah, people were going crazy go online shopping for american stuff and getting it sent here because we could actually afford it for once wow. you know? so but yeah, yeah usually shipping stuff to shipping stuff to australia is insane i don't big bigger stuff yeah little stuff you know uh little packages isn't isn't super bad but yeah as soon as you know, something like plastics because of the front guard it goes in a huge box yeah so i sent a toolbox to brad west uh to oh, westy yeah. Yeah. um for jason because when brad was here he bought one or two boxes here uh, which is no big deal but then they wanted yeah. one for jason when jason was in australia mm. and westy like begged me to ship it because i'm like dude i'm i'm not it's westy it's so much it was like 450 dollars to ship a yeah. toolbox with tools to australia yeah. and i'm like i felt so guilty and i'm like dude i really don't he's like it's all right i, I want your box and i'm like okay mm. So I ended up shipping it to him, but man, I couldn't believe how much it was. Mm. Yeah, the um, yeah, uh, it is, it is, um, it is crazy. That's the uh, 
the tough thing yeah like usually like what i'll do is um or what i used to do is um motorsport used to have a um uh, a deal going if you spent more than 400 bucks you got this international shipping deal they must have had a deal you know yeah and it was really good i think it was like 40 bucks or something it was something cra crazy cheap yeah um so i would wait till i needed enough parts for the vintage bikes and i'd get this you know and that meant oh was that christmas when that would turn up like yeah i was like oh yeah this is the best thing ever it's all these all these vintage parts and you know but yeah yeah but i'll be i, I source vintage parts all over the world you know but most america's the hot spot for it you know yeah it's weird it seems like a lot of vintage stuff comes out of like like england england's area. pretty good too yeah england yeah. is pretty good but England, the exchange rate is is worse because the pounds worth so much. It's just insane. Yeah. You got no hope. Like, the, uh, you know, we're usually like sixty five cents in your dollar, whereas the pound will be like we, we'll be like under fifty cents to the pound. You know, really? Like, yeah, wow. The, pound, the pound's usually um, got way more valuable than our dollar. So, yeah, it's um, stuff from England. You know, you got to really need it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Hey, um, road road trip question that I like to ask people. So instead of the Bat Bros, because I'd, I'd hope you'd say the Bat Bros. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that means DB and Joe. Um, <laughs> who would you want to go on a road trip with? And um, and like, what are, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, are you driving? Are you riding? You know, just a, a road trip across America or a different country. What's your dream road trip? Oh, man so i so when i retire i'm gonna buy an rv yep. and i am going to my, my dream is to pretty much like hit all 50 states and ride in in all 50 states like that's nice yeah that's kind of my that's kind of my dream right um but i don't know who i would want to go with now this is going to sound weird right i've gone on some road trips with with joe and daniel and they don't like to talk on road trips and, really and and i'm i'm actually good with that like i don't especially daniel daniel will put his his he'll be driving he'll put his headphones in or his ear pods and he'll listen to podcasts the whole way i'll listen to something on my own for whatever reason when i'm traveling i don't want to talk yeah myself yeah. like even on an airplane like when i got on an airplane i don't want to talk to anybody mm. I, I probably am like an old crotchety asshole in yeah. the airplane when the, you know the lady behind next to me is trying to say hello and stuff and i don't even want to talk to her but i don't for whatever reason when i get in the car or i get in an airplane to travel i just mm. want to be by myself yeah yeah it probably sounds really weird but no nah, i get it i get it because there's situations where i would be like that there is situations yeah 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 like yeah. i love getting in the car and just driving and just i'll, I'll i i actually prefer just to drive Sometimes I don't listen to anything, like no music, really? no podcast, no nothing. I just want to hear yeah. the road. <laughs> just... See, if you're no good road tripping with me then, man, because it's a fucking rock concert when I'm road tripping. Uh, like, man, I couldn't, it's I couldn't fucking do it. on for young and old. Yeah, it's a fucking rock concert from start to finish. Now there'll be yeah. usually usually um yeah, there'd be a mixture of mixture of a of a rock concert and, and listening to podcasts. But yeah, yeah, I um, you know, I love music and I love listening to music and so yeah, I, I almost have music going like like nearly like my whole life. I have something going, you know. Or well, nowadays, right. nowadays podcasts a lot too, of course. But yeah, 
when I drove to uh, when I drove to SoCal for A1, I probably probably half the trip I drove in silence. Yeah. Or I just just wanted to hear the road and just I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I come up with my wildest ideas and shit when I'm driving, you know, just by myself and yeah. Whether it's a, a tool idea or you know, I just randomly think of something I forgot to do or you know, just mm. you know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I got buddies that I got I got a buddy that will like I got one buddy, my buddy Eric, God bless him. I love him to death, but he likes to talk. Like he wants to talk all the time. And I'm like, the whole time, shut yeah. the fuck up. Like Yeah. <laughs> but but he likes to talk, um, which is which is fine. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I've got a buddy that likes to listen to music like yourself, but it's yeah. like it's it's like gangster rap and it's you know volumes up super high yeah, uh, and I'm like I can't even yeah. think and I'm like you turn it off <laughs> over it yeah like, yeah yeah so uh, it's um it's good some of the funnest times in my life I reckon have been have been road trips with mates going somewhere and yeah especially you know some some of my mates like they're just crazy you know like and um you just yeah I can remember like road trips just my um my jaw aching from laughing so much you know like you're nearly getting cramped in your jaw yeah. from laughing so your face is sore your abs you your stomach muscles are sore from the laughing and that sort of thing yeah it's a yeah uh, it's a good thing man um what else have we got i've got a couple of other little questions for you i've kept you kept your fair geez we've not had a couple of hours um oh, good what um so dudes that dudes that are in a motor usually are people that don't scare easy you know um what scares you man snakes snakes i yeah. do not do snakes at all like yeah yeah no i'm, I'm uh this was i i <laughs> i bought during covid all my buddies bought these e-bikes e you know the mountain bikes like the specialized yeah. levos you know yeah and they're like dude you gotta buy a levo you gotta come riding with us blah blah blah, blah. and i'm like man i I can't see myself spending $6,000 on a mountain bike. You know, I'm mm -hmm. just, I can't, you know, and finally they talked me into it. So I did. And of course I regretted it. You know, I'm like, God, so much money for a fucking bicycle, you know, mm. on my very first ride, Steve, we were out at, at this, at the lake, uh, Folsom Lake. It's got, they got a bunch of trails and stuff. It's actually a really fun place to ride, but yeah, in the, in the summertime, there's snakes, rattlesnakes and yeah. uh, big, big fucking rattlesnakes. And so I'm behind my buddy Alex, and um, I'm, you know, fairly close to him, you know, maybe three, four bike lengths back. He hits this rattlesnake, and the rattlesnake wraps around his rear tire and kicks up, right, off, off the back tire, right at me. <laughs> oh, no. And I slam on the brakes. Yeah. This, now, this is my very first ride on my $6,000 mountain bike that I already had remorse on buying, okay? Yeah. Slam on the brakes, and this fucking rattlesnake's in the, right in the middle of the trail, coiled up. It's rattling like a motherfucker. And another thing I don't like, I don't like snakes, and I don't like to be lost. Like, I just, yeah. that's why I don't really do any trail riding, dirt bike riding, because I don't like to get lost. I don't have the GPS and all that bullshit. So I don't like to be lost. I don't like snakes. Well, my buddy Alex is up, up the trail, and he's like, dude, just go around it. And I'm like, I'm not going around it because there's like, you know, um like weeds and shit you know like 
all the bike trail is just narrow, you know, and I'm yeah. like, I ain't going off in the fucking brush with, you know, there's probably other snakes and shit, you know, I said, I'm turning around and I'm going back down the fucking trail. I'll meet you wherever. Well, I turn around, go down the trail. I have no idea where I'm going because it's the first time I've ever ridden there on this $6,000 bike that I have remorse buying and almost <laughs> just get killed by this rattlesnake. So I ended up going down the trail, ended up getting lost for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And then my buddy finally came around. But um, yeah, dude, I don't like snakes and I don't like to get lost. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm pretty cool with, I'm pretty cool with either of those. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. like, I, I don't really, snakes don't bother me. Um, And we have like, wicked like the worst snakes in the world you know um they don't bother me too much but as long as they're not a risk to a kid or a, or a pet pets yeah. is you know even kids are smart enough to know to keep the fuck away but pets is the always yeah. the worry like we have you know bad fuckers come into our backyard you know not and not all the time it's not like you know it, you know it's not like indiana jones but it is that any, the colonel fucked any yeah. up or what uh there's almost 100 percent chance that they would have gone through his yard at some stage but nah he um he hasn't but yeah i don't know if they're like they our snakes are they're not they're not really big and they're very quiet and sort of timid they're only defensive like they yeah. don't they don't they wouldn't go out of their way like they would probably see the colonel and fucking about face and fuck off and go a different direction you know like yeah. they're not the, when when pets and that get bitten by them is usually because a dog has like cornered one or something like yeah. that or a dog's attacked one and that sort of thing and and usually when people get bitten is because they've stood on one um, yeah yeah they're very um you know like, and i mean they're, they're still big like you know they're probably average like a, the average of an adult size four foot i suppose you know oh yeah um, some of these rattlesnakes we have are six seven feet they're they're yeah. monsters you know yeah um but yeah that that's um i'm not yeah i just worry about the dog really i'm not too fast about otherwise but sort of growing up here you just you know when you're out the bush if you're out the bush and it's warm you walk around looking at the ground you don't you know or you ride yeah. your bicycle you're looking at the ground you're looking for them you know yeah um and when i'm when i go out on the um on my bicycle on the push bike in the summer and i'm along the side of the road like a lot of it shitty country roads you know like there i'm right on the edge of the road and then there's just dirt and weeds you know um you always got to be pretty mindful um because you know you'll have one just come out across the road right in front of you and and things like yeah. that um but now i'm not sort of bothered by them in that and yeah i'm definitely a person who who yeah i do i'm probably the opposite of someone who minds getting lost because i'm an adventurer man i'll just fucking go somewhere and you know like well, yeah you i'll just fuck off and go somewhere picking up a van yeah i'll just go somewhere <laughs> and figure it out you know like i yeah. um you know it's a bit like I, i'd go off used to go off um trail riding all day on my own you know and um you know if it's a sunny day, it's easy, man, because you can you can judge where you are from the sun. You know, overcast yeah. day, you got to be a bit more careful. You know, <laughs> like well, it's like when I was when I was young, we got these sand dunes out in Nevada where we were out, we were we were doing some drinking. I was I was young. That was probably 16, 17 years old. You know, and mm. drinking Coors Light. You know, and 
we uh, we got lost, and uh, you know because when you're out in the dunes, everything kind of looks the same, right? Yeah, and there's no sun, do, yeah. so you can't tell yeah. where you're going, and yeah, was, you know it was dark, and we end up running out of gas, and uh, having to having to walk, and uh, we finally found this highway, you know, and this, this guy helped us get back, you know, to where our trucks and stuff were at, but man, that was that was scary. <laughs> that's mm. why that's why I don't like getting lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the only thing that really scares me, like the the ocean, the ocean scares me. Oh big, yeah, big bodies of water, even big rivers and yep. and that sort of thing. Big rivers with strong currents and and right out in the ocean and all that, like that freaks me out because I can't see what's going on. You know, that's the thing that gets me when I can't see what's happening. Like if I'm if I'm out in the bush facing a wild animal but i can see the motherfucker i'm a lot more comfortable with that than yeah. being in in the ocean or a big river or something like that i don't know what's fucking going on you know like i don't like that i don't, I don't like that shit either. you know i just um, assume they don't they don't come on my turf i'll stay out of their turf you know what i yeah, mean yeah yeah that's um that's a thing you know like I, I i always reckon surfing would be cool and that sort of thing uh to try and i built uh I don't want to be out that fucking far with those big fish here. <laughs> you know, no. like those, uh, those big fish with big teeth. That that doesn't do it for me. You know, not at no. all. That's like fuck no. You know, that um, that's yeah. That one's definitely not for me, man. Hey, why um, why Kawasaki, man? Why the love for Kawasaki? Where did that come from? Oh man, um, I mean, I was a Honda guy my whole life. Like growing up, right? That's all I rode was Hondas. And then I got that 09 Cowie for uh, Cowie 250, and um, I was always a fan of AC and and then Villapoto, of course. Yeah, and um, just kind of stuck with them. It's they, they knock on wood, they've always been good to me. I've never had any any issues with them, and uh, I'm a loyal I'm a loyal guy. You know, I'm just. Yeah listen to the podcast i'm just loyal to my friends my family just brands everything very very loyal so yeah um i just i, I just you know, i like them i like the bikes they're mm. they're uh they handle good they they're always stable that's probably the, the biggest thing that i like about them yeah. they're always stable they're always predictable they're never gonna just put you on the ground like i've, I've been very fortunate with my honda you know um yeah but Honda's notoriously put people on the ground. Um, but we, I've, I've had to do a lot of stuff to that Honda to make it stable, you know. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I just, I love the Cowies. I just, they're, just, it's just a good bike. Hmm. And honestly, I think it's, you know, the Cowie gets a lot of hate, you know, that they're pieces of shit and they fall apart and the bolts strip and this and that and whatever. And honestly, I think it's just. I think it's just haters, man. I, you know how many yeah. bolts I've stripped on a Cowie, Steve, in 10 years? Not one. Not one? Not yeah. one. You know? Yeah. I think it's just, you know, yeah. people not using the right tools or well, in a hurry or everybody's yeah. so – everybody uses power tools these days, you know? Yeah. They're little impacts and shit, and they're starting stuff yeah. with impacts, and that's a recipe for disaster, you know, no yeah, matter man. what like, well, shit it is. My Cowie, 400 hours – um 400 plus hours like i've lost count man now i just count 
from one rebuild to the next, you know, because I don't yeah. know. I lost stopped counting at 400, you know. 400 and hours. That's I've never insane. had an hour meter on it. I, I, I used to have a blackboard in the shed, and when I'd come home, I'd write the hours on. And then I'd, and when it got to, you know, 30, because originally I was doing 30 hour rebuilds, like the book said. And then I said, yeah. Every, everything looks fucking brand new. And I ended up going out to 60 in the end. Like I think yeah. I did like 45 and then six, 60 hour rebuilds. Because I'm easy on the bike too. Like it, everything's coming out perfect, you know? Sure. Um, and I would do that. And then I, and I would keep a tally of how many rebuilds and how many 30 hour or 60 hour blocks and all that. And now I've, I don't know. But yeah, got to 400. It was just like, just count between rebuilds. Um, and um, the uh, man, I I have stripped two bolts on it. One was a hundred percent my fault because I fucking did use it. I was in a hurry to a quick air filter change, and I used the fucking gun on the seat bolt oh, and, shit. and fucked it. So that my fault, hundred yep. percent. No blame on the bike. And the other one, the blame on it is. Um, when I went through my steg pegs phase. <laughs> oh. so, yeah. When I went through my steg pegs phase, um, the way the steg peg mounted was sort of janky on one side of the bike. And um, it, uh, it, it put a huge amount of force on a small subframe bolt where, where it went. And, uh, and it didn't line up quite right. And it was always and putting all this tension on that ended up sort of more like just sort of fucking the hole rather than stripping it and that was because of the steg peg because the steg peg mounted to the main subframe bolt and then a side cover bolt and that which is a tiny little bolt you know um because yeah it went through the steg peg stage and fucked that one so i think that has a helicoil in it and the the seat bolt one i've just got a longer bolt and a nut on it because yeah I don't really love helicoils, you know, um, but uh, but yeah. So neither of them were the fault of the alloy. So I think if you're stripping bolts in anything, it's probably your own fault, you know. <laughs> like yeah, totally. Um, if you were to buy a new bike, Steve, what would you get? Ooh. Um, so I, because of loyalty, I would get a Honda because um, so I've always been loyal to the best dealer in the town I've lived in. So when I uh, lived um, in, down in the mountains, the best dealer around was the local Kawasaki dealer. And so I rode Kawasaki's. That's where I bought the one I've still got brand new. Um, but nowadays uh, I'm back where I grew up. I saw, I was like you, I grew up most, riding mostly Hondas because the local shop uh, is a mate of mine and a good guy and he sells Hondas. So I would buy a new Honda just to buy a bike off him. Yeah. Um, if he sold his shop and and I didn't have that loyalty and like I and that's not just like I'd feel bad if I didn't buy a Honda. Like I, I actually will feel good to buy a bike from my mate. You know. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably buy a two fifty of him. Um, if if he sold his shop and I was just like didn't have any sort of loyalty or connections and. And that sort of thing. Um, geez, I don't know. I, I think I would probably get a uh, get another Cowie. I think yeah. just because of this one's so good. Like it's the only bike I've ever bought brand new, and um, I'll keep that bike forever. You know, once it's yeah. 
done that many hours that yeah you know, i don't know at some stage i'll i'll um i'll uh, i'll retire it you know and um have you ever had to like it. replace the head or like no cylinder case nothing like that just no no top ends or what top ends top ends and valves and um i'm about to do the big end um which is you know, pretty much i'll be interested to see how the big end is and that that like literally the 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 dealer that i bought it off he built a lot of race engines and also rode with that guy and he said to me he said the way you treat your bike that big end's going to last forever so we'll see you know we'll see wow so you it got is, 400 400 hours roughly on a crank yeah and a 250. yeah yeah wow that's and insane the, the the nicosil the board the board's worn out the board's worn out it's had eight or nine top ends or something uh it's about to get a big bore kit put on it that yeah that. so she'll be a 270 i think yeah um that that uh our man jeff canada jeff sent me um and um yeah and it uh this is it got valves we did valves at 150 hours and they replaced them because they were out and we'd ordered the new ones but the ones that came out were pretty good wow uh, so i'm about to do valves again now so um and um but like i'm easy on the bike too you know i sure. i i changed my ways on how i use the loud handle after the first time i paid to rebuild my own motor <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was yep. a rever. I was the rev the piss out of it guy. And, and I remember people telling me, change up gears, dude. You got more gears. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. And then the first time I paid to rebuild my own motor, I was like, you know, hang on. <laughs> you don't have to ride like that. You don't have to ride like that, you know? So yeah. I'm very, very sympathetic. And, and I'm, and I'm not out there to win prizes, man, you know? Like I, if I short shift it and that sort of thing, like I, I reckon I've hit the rev limit like twice. Oh in, wow! In its whole life, I'm not. Yeah. You know, and that's usually, that's, you know, by accident. Probably, I'm just not that sort little, of guy. Little panic yeah. rev on accident over the jump. Yeah, yeah, that 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 yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, a panic rev or or um that sort of thing. But yeah, the um the motor took took a beating at this race last year, so. Man, that's that's pretty impressive that that's a lot of hours that's awesome but the, it has man it's been amazing like one day out of the blue it did a coil just on the trailer like literally it must have maybe water got in it from the, the wash from the last ride got off the trailer at an event and just dead and it was a coil um and um that's the only time that's the only thing that's ever gone wrong that wasn't just a maintenance just a maintenance thing with That's it cool. so yeah it's um it's been a uh been a fantastic bike man yeah That's awesome. yeah the other the other thing too is that i i do like i like the um as far as new bikes go man i i do like the yamaha 250. yeah i've ridden one of them and it was it was cool so you know like yeah. if, if i my next bike probably well, it won't be new it'll be a late model second hand bike probably uh so you don't get to sort of necessarily choose your brand yeah um and um most of the 250fs i'd be happy to have one you know 
Yeah. Um, and and when when you when you are shopping secondhand around, well, where I live, um, it's a lot of Yamaha and a lot of Austrian bikes. That's like like probably huge amount percentage of sales would be blue or a variation of the orange bike. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know you see. That's pretty. I think it's pretty common. Everywhere, probably. Anywhere, probably, probably anywhere. We don't have. We don't have a lot of Austrian 250s out here. Okay. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's it's mainly Yamahas, Cowies, Hondas. There's some KTM's and stuff, but they're not like at the tracks. There's a lot of 450s, a ton mm. of 350s, you know. Yeah. But not a lot of 250s. Yeah. 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 But shit, they're all good bikes these days, you know. They are. You can't go wrong, really. You really can't. Yeah. Now you well. You can't go wrong, man. Cool. I reckon we uh getting pretty close, man. It must be getting getting late, getting late where you are, man. Yeah. Um, it's ten thirty. The girls are the girls have been coming into the the studio here. Like, you done yet? You done yet? My daughter, <laughs> my daughter yeah, my, thinks getting ready to go to bed. So my my uh my crew is usually doing the same thing, wanting to know if I'm done. All right, man, you got any other questions, any any things or anything else before we uh before we finish up? Oh man, I think I'm good. I uh, I'm I'm very grateful that you had me on the show. And um, again, one of my one of my uh, most memorable moments, Ozzy Steve, would would just be you at A one. Like that was for me, that was awesome. Just to to see the excitement in your face and the reaction to everything. And we got to do it again. We got to do it oh, again. Yeah. And yeah. And next time, yeah. next time, we'll see if we can get you some type of credential. You know, I think that. Well, yeah, geez, that'd be amazing here. You know, it's funny, man. I um, I uh, ah, oh, look, I won't say too much because we'd be going into an easy another hour. You know, but um, <laughs> I um, I was listening to the um, the um, press conference. I always watch the press because I was listening to the press conference, and particularly this just most recent one, and I was like. I hate, I hate, I'm not a guy that likes to be critical, but sometimes you've got to be, you know, and like, fuck guys, some of the questions and, and that, um, just such low energy, you know, yeah. it's, it's not, maybe not even the, the topic of the questions, but like, I think if you're going to ask questions, like get your fucking energy up a bit, like the room's like a fucking morgue sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, like and honestly, man, not pissing in your pocket at all. Your questions are really good when you've done them, and Dark Side's questions are really good. Um, Gypsy's questions are really good, but you, some of the others there, like fucking lift your game a bit. I think you know. Like, yeah. I, so I always think, what would I ask? You know, not that I'm gonna be doing it's, it. It's, I would think, what would I ask? And I've always got something yeah. that's just more interesting, probably a bit weird, but you know, I think. Um, I think they could um, make the presses just way more interesting and, and fun. It usually gets fun when someone asks a fun question and the writers start laughing and talking amongst themselves and all that. It ends up being really good, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? like that's the sort of it's the tough. Energy it's energy. It's there. tough to find a fine line because it's mm. um, a lot of the guys ask kind of the same shit over and yeah. over. So how was your night? You know, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's, um, that's, 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 what's tough for me. Um, and I'll be honest, like it's, uh, it's a long day 
yeah when i go to the races it's a long day and by the time by the time the end of the race is over like i'm Shit. done like i'm like i'm tired and i'm usually yeah. hungry <laughs> you know db's ready to go he's like let's go so i yeah. i have actually, I actually haven't been to it um any press, press conferences this year at all you know yeah. and then uh you know we have this the zoom ones um where i could get on the zoom ones but mm. again you know by the time by the time uh the questions come around for the people that are on zoom mm. all the good questions are typically taken already or or you know there's just not anything good to ask and last thing i want to do is ask a stupid question just to take up these guys' time it's you know yeah. it's fuck it's 11 o'clock at night they're fucking tired you know they've been at the yeah. race they just put in a 20 minute main event and last thing they want to do is answer stupid questions so yeah just i man i just don't find a lot of value in them i I wish somehow some way they would figure out a different way to do the press conferences you know Mm. maybe maybe not even do a press conference after the race maybe it's a press conference that they do on on friday or or monday or or, i I don't know if that how that that works do do, do get the riders on zoom on a monday or something when they're or a bit more refreshed you know they're not just you know and that's the one thing about our that sport that's, that, that's yeah. tough because it's like you go to the you can either go to the press conference or you can go to the media scrum, and mm. the media scrum is basically where all the other riders are supposed to go for interviews. And you will have the six guys in the press conference, you know, the the top three from each class. Yeah. When they're done at the press conference, they're gone. Like yeah. you're not you're not talking to them. You're not getting <laughs> an interview right. from yeah. them. Yeah, and yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then in the, the media scrum, you get maybe one, two, three guys at best, you know, mm. and and no knock on the privateers. Like I'm I, I love our privateers and stuff, but the majority of the listeners and and and, and the, the public, right, they want to hear from they want to hear from the hitters. You know, mm. they want to hear from the Aaron Plessingers or the, the Ken Roxons if they don't make a podium or you know, um, you know, the, the top guys, if you will, mm. and they don't show up. Yeah. They just don't show up. And it's like, you know, I love Josh Cartwright, love Logan Carnell, love, you know, uh, Cade Clayson. I love all those guys are great, but you know, I just don't think that the, that it, it, I don't even, I don't know how to say this properly, mm. I just don't think that the majority of the people want to hear from just those guys. Yeah. Right. And those are the guys that are showing up. So it's tough. Feld needs to do something where they're mandating these riders to show up to these media scrums and do media. But I don't think doing it after the race on a Saturday night yeah. is, is the appropriate place for that. I when they're fucking exhausted. Yeah. No, they yeah. need to, um, they need to almost, mandate it maybe maybe it's saturday morning steve maybe it's yeah. saturday morning before the race maybe where, yeah. where you have a media scrum and everybody shows up from every team to do media uh, yeah. because you know media days on fridays you have two to three teams at best that yeah. are there doing media and that's all you're gonna that's all you're gonna see or talk to mm. um it, there's there's certain rules that say that you know, you're not supposed to go from truck to truck to do interviews and media, which we, you know, we know some people do. 
Yeah. Because they got to do what they got to do, right? They're, they're right. making yeah. a living doing this, right? Mm. Um, but I try to respect all the rules and, you know, try to try to follow the rules that thankfully, you know, we don't, we don't do the podcast specifically to, to make a living, you know, yeah. yet. Um, yeah. So we have a little bit of flexibility there, but I don't know, man, there's, there's gotta be something different done um, that, that works for everybody where we can get good, t- good content from these guys. Cause I just think it's kind of, it's the same vanilla stuff kind of over and over and over again. It is a little bit. Yeah. 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 I think, I think um, people probably a lot of the time people are, uh, they're scared. They're scared to ask something different. I think they're stuck in that. Well, these are the safe questions. I'm scared to ask something different. And and they do do that because, and and that's one of the the reasons that I've been able to ask some of the questions that I, that I ask is because I don't really have to worry about pissing somebody off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somebody gets mad at me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But if Michael Lindsay goes and pisses somebody off, which he has, God yeah. bless him, but <laughs> he goes and pisses somebody off, and now he's not allowed in their truck. Yeah, he's not allowed in and their. And that's his their business. Pit. That's his. That's, that's his main, that's main thing. That's the, yeah. Yeah. That's what he does to make a living. So yeah, there's a fine line those guys have to walk mm. to be respectful, not ask questions that may get them in trouble or piss somebody off because they do need to maintain that relationship. And furthermore. I think our I think our sport needs to loosen up a little bit. I don't I don't think it needs to be mm. so secretive like it is. Yeah. You know, and uh, so hush hush and they're so damn sensitive. You can't yeah, I don't get ask it. them anything because they get their feelings hurt. And it's like you guys are professional athletes. Act like it. You you you're making a lot of money doing this. Yeah. And you have a responsibility to answer questions from the media and the fans and. Mm. You know, it's 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 their brand, right? Yeah. And I think that's where you see some of these guys, like like Dean Wilson, you know, Aaron Plessinger. Yeah. They don't win every week, you know, but yeah. people love them because they're personable. You yeah. Can talk absolutely. to them. You can ask questions to them. They'll answer you. Yeah. They're an open book. And man, if some of these other riders would take note mm. of of some of the guys like that, God, they'd be worth so much more. I I wrote an article. Oh, it, banging my elbow on the desk there um i wrote an article uh oh, a couple of years ago for um for moto limited there it was about um riders and their personalities and that sort of thing and i used different examples and that sort of thing and one of the one of the examples i used for a rider who's not the fastest guy out there but um carved a really really good um presence in the sport for himself the seven deuce deuce right yeah. so like he's a great example Absolutely. and then at the opposite end and not to pick on the guy he's badass rider but justin cooper is probably the opposite end where that yeah. dude's fucking badass like he's fucking fast in that but like he's very very dull and 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 probably shy and you know not into anything like that you know he's it's got like and, the personality of a wet dish rag yeah so after their sports done cooper will have had a vastly more successful career than than adam had than the seven deuce deuce but the seven deuce deuce is going to already he would have doors opening for him everywhere to be yeah. involved in the sport and working and 
it's uh, uh, you know he's he's on TV for monster trucks at the moment. It's only a matter of time he's on TV for something to do with dirt bikes. Yeah, um, because he's of his personality, and uh, he's actually someone I want to get on the show. I want to talk to him. Seven boosters. He's a good. <laughs> but, he's a yeah. Dude, he's, yeah. A, love, he's a good dude. There's. I reckon me and him would get on real well. Yeah. There's there's no more uh, genuine people than the seven deuce deuce and Aaron Plessinger. I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, Aaron Plessinger and and adam are exactly how they are behind the camera yeah as they are just having dinner with them they're yeah. just down to earth legit genuine people yeah that's uh that's what i like <laughs> yeah. yeah and um you know and then you know when when justin cooper's finished you know what you know what sort of what what is there in the sport for a guy with his communication skills and his sort of presence and that sort of thing? Like, sadly, it's, I can't think of anything, you know? Yeah. He can't, he's not going to, like, maybe a coach, coach maybe, maybe if he can open up in that environment, he might yeah. be good at that coaching, maybe in a, with a small group, that sort of thing. And yeah, not wanting to pick on the guy, but it's just, you know, personality counts. But yeah. I also think, I think it's, it's okay that it counts too because it's having a good personality and being confident and that sort of thing it's a skill like any other skill so if you have yeah. that you should use it to your advantage you know so yeah absolutely. yeah just just like if you uh can throw a football or ride a ride a dirt bike fast or whatever your personality is a, is a skill it's a you know yep something that you can use yeah absolutely that's right. it man Let's finish up. So, Aussie um, Steve, thank you so of, much. Couple of things, man. Couple of things gives you best Aussie accent. Oh, I I can't even do one. <laughs> I've tried. One. I've tried. Nick and Trent have tried to get me to do it. I, I can't even do it. Hey, you can't give us another shrimp on the Barbie or one of those. Give me another what? shrimp on the Barbie. See, mine's <laughs> you, like mine's more like British. Yeah, you sound British. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot. It's funny. A lot of Americans try when they try and do. The Aussie accent, they do sound a little British. Yeah. Oh yeah, I fuck it's, it up. That's uh, funny. Now that's all right, man. It's just you know I who wish was I had that? your guys' accent, dude. You guys, the 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 chicks love the Aussie accent. Like that's <laughs> over there. I guess they they, they even do, yeah, even like Nick, that. even Nick, yeah. like Nick. You can hardly. I could barely understand Nick sometimes. Sometimes I'm like yeah. Nick. You got to take the dick out of your mouth and talk. Like you yeah. know, talk. You know. But even like. Even my wife should be like, dude, I love Nick's accent. I'm like, you can't <laughs> understand him. Like, you guys have the best accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, like it's just, yeah, just normal to us. But, yeah, people people like it. People seem to like mine, you know, a lot because I have a very broad sort of Oka, some of my accent, they sort of call it like an Oka accent yeah. or Bogan accent, you know. I have a very sort of broad Aussie country accent, so – which runs in the family like if you if you got my son or my dad on the phone you would wouldn't know that it wasn't me it's, it's fucking amazing really? oh yeah like three of us exactly the same like, that's awesome yeah, yeah so that's um, like trent trent trent's accent is is real clean and like yours yours is real clean and yeah you know but man nick nick yeah. oh, our boy nick yeah nick's nick's because like uh, you know all aussies we talk we we talk um or we can talk a bit fast nick's a fast talker a lot you know like yeah, yeah. 
he does. He gets into that fast Aussie. Like you always, if you get a group of Aussie blokes drinking and talking, it gets faster and faster and faster. <laughs> you wouldn't know what the fuck was that. Like you got me and my mates after a few beers and we're telling stories. Like it just gets faster and faster, yeah. and all the words start to merge into each other. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only people that can understand you is is your mates and. And your kids understand because they're used to hearing you, you know. And yeah. They, they they develop that same accent, but yeah, it's funny. that's awesome. All right, man. I'm going to kick into a bit of Kenny Rogers to finish off. Um, if you uh, you if you know the words of the chorus, man, you can fucking join in when it comes around. All right. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> right. Steve. Let's get into it. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette. And asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold him. Know when, know to, when hold to hold him. him. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the deal Dude, is done. <laughs> That's the wrong... Hey, well, Thank... you can't even, you don't even have an accent when you sing. <laughs> hey, That's I'll legit. The, the, uh, that's it, man. I, uh, thank stuff. you very much. Thank you very thank much, you. Dan, for coming on the show. It's been a, been a pleasure to have my good friend Dan Colvin on the show. Cheers, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.